the Denzel Curry, that is Ricky, the new motherfucking single, that shit is fucking slapping, what is good, this is your boy, once again, Mario Caballero in the place to be, might know me, also by the AKAs of Chicano Thanos, at the momento, we've got, you know, Tree Trevino, cause I stay on green, and I be hella major. You feel me? Yep. Zapata in building. That's how we do it. This is episode 52. How do you do? Mind if I slide through for a moment or two. What is cool with you? And yeah, we're doing it all the way live. It is. May the 23rd, it has been a long time since we've touched down and gotten, uh, you know, touch basis with y'all uh, for a minute. I know the last fucking episode was a fucking beast. Uh, shout out to anybody who stuck all the way through it and listened to all our goddamn stories. You just had to, like, van on that one. That one's for the archives. That's for us and maybe us only. So, you know, sometimes you got to say fuck it and go for it. Do what you want. And, uh, yeah, that's the power of owning your own shit. So, that's what I'm I'm here, and that's what I'm about. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get right into it. Just for preface everything, give you a little set, um, and, you know, uh, mise en scene. Let you, give you some scenery uh, to this uh, buffoonery, if you feel me. It's, I am chilling in the laundromat right now, so you'll probably hear my phone alarm go off, and I'll have to take a break at that moment. Uh, it would be a good time for an ad break, but, uh, you know, those are coming, they're coming. Any event in the moment, um, yeah, it is, uh, pretty late in the evening, um, around 10 o'clock and shit, and so it's fucking, um, 
Yeah, man. Just doing it. I guess the one good thing about the going to this laundromat where I live is just like, it's uh, fucking yeah, hella, hella paisa, and so they got the TVs in Spanish, which is dope around this time because sometimes they be playing the Weather Channel or the the weather and the news. You feel me? And that's some blah 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 baddies. If you want to see them, they're right there. And uh, yeah, I would say. Sixth grade version of Mario definitely discovered that himself. So, uh, yeah, it's when you start to feel certain ways, and you grow up and you become a man. And that's pretty kind of, kind of pretty much what happened. And yeah, so shout out to the Spanish news stations, Univision, Telemundo, all that shit. Really, shout out to Mundos. That shit was fucking dope. I fucking grew up with that shit. Listen to hell of music videos. Remember music videos, dog. I miss music videos. If there's one thing I want to bring back, it's fucking TV channels with music videos that are fucking accessible. Because this shit is fucking bunk. Reality TV, uh, boo-boo, scripted shit. Like, some is alright, but like, the fucking, when you just go hard left to that shit, that shit was just a turn for the weirs, as I would say as a on-again, off-again consumer. You gotta hook me. Um, and yeah, that's the reason why we fucking tuned into your shit, and then you trying to take a left, do some other shit, crazy, yep, there's a scenery right there, the block appears to be hot at the moment, um, 99er, what's your breaker, uh, yeah, so any event, I don't even know, it's fucking, there's so much shit to get caught up with, I'm just gonna keep it as concise as I can, which means it's probably be two hours long, so fuck it, you know, this is me, and we doing it all the way live, uh, yeah, what's happened, uh, so yeah, after that Coachella podcast, which was already, like, hella delayed itself, um, yeah, I guess, I've been wilding, it's been almost a month since my birthday, tour season has come and went, and yeah, pretty much, I guess we can just recap that shit for a minute, which is cool, uh, yeah, my birthday was, uh, the 24th of Abril, after going to Cochise, just in the middle of that week, ended up going to stand-up set, saw Rogan, Santino opened, he was dope, um, Ali Mikowski was the opener, and then also Hin- Tony Hinchcliffe, we had a pretty good set, um, Rogan's shit was pretty dope again, that's like the second time I've seen him. So, uh, that was pretty cool. And what's super crazy is we're sitting at this table. It was me, Frank, his girl Jenna, and the the homie Sully. We're chilling in this corner booth. The booth next to us is uh, sitting Everlast and Immortal Technique, which was fucking trippy as fuck. I went up after the show and said, what's up to Immortal, uh, or to Tech, or whatever. Fucking government is I don't fucking know um, Regardless uh, That fool's a, a dope individual And a cool human being And he's got a crazy story <laughs> Which is uh, fucking out there Also um, Dancing with the Devil is fucking A trip and a half In itself uh, I didn't do psychedelics until later on I haven't tried it since later on in my life But to be quite frank with you When I heard that shit I was like taking off like on another adventure that shit was fucking a, a trip and a half as i said earlier that shit was crazy so yeah man said what's up to them but lo and behold after the set ends 
uh, none other than Mr. Rogan himself, um, uh, fucking popped up and sat right there at that table, pretty much. He literally walked over, sat down, he was just like, all right, I'm done, thank you, good night, Ooh, and just like everything ended, or however he did it, and they fucking, everyone's filing out, We're, we get up, get off the table, just like waiting for everybody to leave, and then this fool pops up, like a minute, two minutes later, and sits down at the table and just takes a deep breath, goes, <gasps> like he had just, like, just, just caught his breath, like literally right there, and freaking uh jenna immediately like rushes him and shit like that just hey man i really enjoyed your set you did a good job and she's like open like talking to her he's like oh thank you appreciate it and uh you know trying to be nice because you know it's a chick and you don't want to have that you know you you don't want to like be like you know give me a sec but like i, I could tell that uh, he needed a sec <laughs> it was it was kind of funny um that was my alarm so i'm gonna have to go do that shit in a sec we'll finish this part of the story um so yeah, the uh, um, I'm at the show and Jenna's like rushing him, and she immediately goes like, "Oh yeah, I'm here with my friend uh, Mario's birthday today. He's like a huge fan of yours." Um, and he looks at her and he goes, "Mario, man, fuck Mario. <laughs> I'm standing like a foot behind him and." I'm like, I know he's saying it in a joking way, so I'm just like, I'm like, all right, fuck it. I was like, yeah, man, fuck, fuck me, dude. I feel it. I feel it. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, nah, man, I'm cool. It's cool. Happy birthday. I'm like, thank you, bro. Appreciate it. You did good. You know, all that shit is real nice. And then Jenna's like, yeah, uh, is there any way I could take a picture? And he's like, yeah, sure, sure. Let's go. Um, and I look and turn and she's like, is it cool if I have a disposable? She whips one of those out because, uh. The thing about Rogan shows is he has little yonder bags and, and shit, and they're which are pretty cool. Um, make sure you don't record your uh, any of the set, so that doesn't get leaked, and so they can work on stuff, which is pretty pretty uh pretty cool innovation. But it means that you can't have your phone there in like the main seating area. So what happened was she pulled out a fucking disposable of all things, and so loophole I guess, and he's just like, all right, and. He's, he looks at her and he's like, man, what are you, a caveman? I haven't seen one of those in forever. Starts, like, clowning on her. And we're all laughing, having a good time. And, yeah, we take a photo. Pretty cool. Uh, except for the fact that, yeah, it's a disposable. So I got to wait for that to get developed. Shout out to Jenna uh, for, I guess, being heads up. And Johnny on the spot there for that. I really appreciate it. That would be cool. Um, going to get that and definitely post it. It was a, a good time. Uh yeah, like a month later, we're like a month uh, past that shit, and yeah, it was uh, it was a good one, I had a fucking good time there, um, I think I met up with my sister that weekend, uh, what, other, what else do we do, let me, I have to go up, open my calendar app, is this where we're at now, I'm opening my calendar app, <sighs> oh yeah, it was Easter's, yeah, I already meant over that, um, Let's see. Anyway, yeah, I don't think I ended up doing anything really crazy that weekend. If I remember. Chew member, member, chew member. Um, yeah, I'll take a break. We'll get you right caught back in just a moment. All right, we're back. 
And it continues. Where were we? Uh, oh, yeah. I guess one thing I got to mention. Uh, I'm very fucking slow and meticulous when I be doing this laundry shit. This shit be taking me, like, multiple hours to get done. When, especially in public when I got to fucking, yeah, um, do everything out there. I'm just get fucking blitz like a motherfucker and just go do it. Smoke up and then I'm pretty spacey. So that feeds into it. I be forgetting shit. I'm like leaving stuff everywhere. I drove to this damn laundromat, forgot my goddamn soap and laundry detergent and uh, um, dryer sheets at the crib. So I had to go all the way back. So I was stupid. Um, but yeah, this is taking me forever. Anywho, um, yeah, I guess spe- speaking of smoking, I fucking took a little tea break because I thought I was going to get uh, drug tested by this uh, gig. And. Yeah, it uh, ended up being pushed back, so I freaking took a little little break, I think, after that Rogan show around my birthday, or that weekend, something like that. Um, if, I, if I do believe so, um, yeah, I guess we can keep it moving. Oh, yeah, I was on a boat a couple weekends ago. That shit was fun as hell. Shout out to the homie Mark. We were out there for his B-Day out in uh, Long Beach. Uh, threw some money and we we uh, chartered a, a little boat. And that was freaking dope. We're out there drinking. This fool had catered uh, Filipino food, which I hadn't had in forever. I freaking loved it. It was so good. We had pancit, lupia, um, freaking chicken adobo. Oh man, it was amazing. Was it sang sang? I think is what it's called. Oh man, so good. Had some cake. Drank like crazy. And yeah, that was really fun. We had a good-ass time on there, on that damn boat. Um, yeah, what else has happened? Last weekend, oh, yeah, the homie VJ graduated. Uh, so shout-out to him getting that shit done with. Um, yeah, that's uh, definitely a burden. I know we had a good time last weekend. Just chilling. Um, whatchamacallit, freaking messed up. And was supposed to go out last Friday night. And I was just tired from work from, like, I don't know, just for just the accumulation. I got to Friday, came home, sat down in my bed, and, like, conked out pretty soon thereafter. Like, it was not that long. (laughs) And, um, yeah, man, ended up waking, I went to bed probably, like, 6.30, 7, 6.45-ish. I was watching the, the Sharks play, the hockey game, and... The homie Frank was in town. I was supposed to go out with him. And we're going to meet up with VJ. And maybe homegirl Alexa, too. Um, yeah, I think she was there. But uh, it was a Kenny Beach show. So I wanted to see him throw down with Carmack was playing. The homie Aeros was spinning, too, man. Uh, shout out to a former guest uh, extraordinaire, the man at Sierra Sounds. Uh, that fool was, uh, playing a nice little set, too, and I got, I had fucking missed it, because I woke up at 2.45 in the morning. What in the fuck? I slept, goddamn, how, how long was that, like, 6.45 to 2.45? That's, uh, eight hours? Seven, eight hours? Dude, I slept, like, seven, eight hours. Frank, if you can call me, he called me, like, five, uh, five different times trying to pick me up, because he was my ride. He was gonna be my fucking ride. I was going to be able to get turned, and he was going to be my goddamn ride. And that shit did not happen. So I was uh, utterly disappointed in myself. And I basically talked about it all weekend. Because I 
fucking pissed off I was. That shit was some bullshit, honest to God. Uh, the biggest. It was fucking some fucking horse shit, man. Uh, I was pissed at myself. And, yeah, it would have been a cool show, cool show to go see. Um, apparently, Pilo was in the building. would have said what's up to him. Bunch of shit. would have tried to smoke out Carmack. Um, which I've done before. Uh, shout out to the homie. Um, yeah. I'm fucking pissed. Uh, so yeah. Anywho, I'm up in the morning. Not really doing very much. It's like a weird ass time. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna be productive. I'm like, alright, I'm gonna just like shave my head or whatever. That's a task in and of itself. Um, for those, uh, who are not frightically inclined, um, like, uh, yours truly here, it's, uh, yeah, a long process, it takes a minute, it's like, just, you just gotta be meticulous with it, or else, like, when I get sloppy, I always cut myself, it's always a problem, um, but I ain't scared of blood, um, yeah, anywho, what the fuck was I saying, uh, yeah, so I shaved my head, and I was watching this fucking Rogan podcast, where he's talking to this chick, um, about freaking, uh, Area 51 and all these government conspiracies and these people who are like uh, mercenaries for the U.S. government and different countries and when they go rogue and the Blackwater shit they do and damn that shit was like grasping my attention that shit was like fucking interesting as a motherfucker and um let me see who it was uh <laughs> uh this fool's stupid he fool's stupid <laughs> I got to comment on this in a second. All right, let me. All right, I'm back. Uh, LMAO. I like people who enjoy themselves and have fun. Uh, and I get caught up in the Instagrams, and that's kind of what happened there, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. What the fuck did I go on the EG for? Uh, let's see. Who was you talking to, doggy? Who was you talking to a few days ago? Bam. Uh, Annie Jacobson, that's who, uh, so, she had a good conversation, she was pussyfooting on some information, though, which is, uh, kind of funny, um, uh, yeah, so it was pretty crazy, uh, it was a cool show, though, it was cool, I liked it, I was quite intrigued, uh, so much so that I thought I was gonna be able to take a nap and then wake up and go to the homie's graduation, which is at, like, 9 o'clock, and ended up going to bed at like six. Woke up again around like ten. So fuck me. Yeah, another four hours of sleep. So I think I slept like twelve hours. I was well rested. My body told my ass, "Get the fuck down. You ain't moving nowhere." And so that's what I did. And I was pissed again because I missed homie's graduation. And I was fucking in town for it and everything. It was so uh, so disappointing on my part. I'm such a lag. I'm horrible with the mornings, uh, especially when there's no uh, cash involved. Because I'll get up for a check, but, like, man, it's hard to get my mind and body to just get that oomph to go. Um, I really got to get myself, like, a 10-hour leeway to get do something like that. Got to prepare, um, which I don't do as much as I should. So that's tis life. Tis life indeed. Um, yeah, man. So, yeah, that was uh, last weekend. This next weekend, I'm going to be back home in Stockton. 
I'm going to try to do a couple podcasts with some friends, see what's up with them. I'm going to try to do one with my grandma who speaks only Spanish. So it'll try, I'll try to make this, uh, I'll make that one the first all Spanish language podcast, at least as much as I can, as I'm going to be using some Spanglish here and there. Kind of the uh, Joey Diaz Spanish, um, if you understand. But not that dirty because I'm with my dang grandma. As you could uh, imagine, I could speak a little differently around certain type of people. So it's just kind of interesting. Uh, I want to talk to her about her experiences and all that stuff, too. Um, but, yeah, my little brother's graduation. I'm going to be back home in the 209. So if anybody's out there listening, uh, yeah, say what's up. Hit me up. I'll probably be available maybe Sunday, maybe Monday. Just want to fly out later that night. Uh, yeah. Say what's up. Say what's up. If not, that's cool because that's what I'm used to, motherfuckers. I'm grateful. Um, don't want me to bless your presence. Or maybe it's me. Hey, nah. Could it be me? Fuck a lot. All right, I'm going to get lost looking at this uh, suggested feed on IG. Um, but, uh, uh, ooh, ooh, Manila Killer and Chet Porter doing that BNL block party. Block me. Damn, party goes to one. Fuck. That's going to be a righteous one. I'm going. Ah. Uh, Fuck. Shout out to Brownies Lemonade. Let me get back to on topics. Because uh, I got to go back and do some laundry. Because it's in the dryer right now. Um, yeah, man. Let's get into sports right the fuck now. Alright. Breaking down the fight game. Uh, there's been a couple fights that happened recently that were pretty damn crazy. Let's start with uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez. Who got uh, his fourth belt against uh, Danny Jacobs. It was... Um, pretty dominant victory, I would say, on his part. There was some moments where Jacobs gave him some trouble, though. He's a, he's a game fighter. He's a, he's a guy who's going to not uh, back down. Uh, we did see him, I believe, get knocked out by Gennady Golovkin earlier in his career when he had another belt um, and another phase in time. So uh, Canelo, that was on uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend, which, uh, which was a fun watch there. Um Oh, yeah, I think the homie Dimitri came through the crib. Oh, no, he came through for some UFC, I think, the my birthday weekend. Anywho, uh, yeah, so now the, the talk is who the heck is next for Canelo. Um, and since both fighters are signed to the Zone Network now, uh, they're saying maybe Triple G and uh, Canelo might get, get it going again for a third time, which I'm like, not necessarily as am for, in my opinion. We're also seeing Manny Pacquiao take on, uh, was it Nate Thurman, I want to say? That's going to be possibly not good for Manny if uh, Thurman does what he normally does. That dude is freaking prolific at the moment in the fight game. Uh, Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao. Who are you going to fight next, Manny? Keith Thurman. Yeah. Oh, he's trying to get Floyd to fight him again, but we'll see what happens here. Thurman's a bigger fighter. Oh, man, he's got the experience. Uh, Thurman's the younger fighter. Let's see. I don't know. That's uh, It'll be an interesting one. Thurman's definitely more uh, bona fide in the recent memory because he's been more active. Uh, man, he's had a, a pretty interesting last few career, few years of his career. 
be in this the Sinida out there in the Philippines in the Philippines um yeah where was I I was looking at my notes okay oh yeah the other fight that happened last weekend oh yeah we went out to uh uh Dave and Buster's we're at the bar and this fool freaking Deontay Wilder knocked the shit out of Dominic Brazil that fool clobbered him with one punch so hard. He th- hit him with Thor's hammer, like he said uh, in different interviews before. This fool brought the pain. It was so nasty. Head rattled. He fell to the ground so hard. Oh, my goodness. It was one of those. It was just like, oh, everybody was just like, damn. Like, every time they showed the replay, it was like, well, fuck. Like, every time. I'm, like, sitting there uh, putting down some uh, some nachos and some chicken wings. And I'm like, fuck. Oh, shit. And, like ready to play some video games and shit that was crazy man that was freaking crazy Deontay Wilder you are a bad bad man so what is next in the heavyweight ranks or I believe if I'm not mistaken Tyson Fury does have a fight scheduled um let's see Fury says he doesn't think he's gonna fight either him or Joshua Maybe in 2020. Hmm. As long as we get a rematch at some point, that would be freaking cool. Tyson Fury. Next fight. That's what I want to see. You got Tom Schwartz coming up on June 15th. That's who I wanted to say. The second three weeks. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Fury, I think that's the one on the ESPN or something like that, that is, uh, that'll be an interesting one, let's see, Anthony Joshua, next fight, not tickets, get that shit out of here, uh, what's he gonna do, I think he's gonna try to fight in America at some point, uh, they don't know, oh yeah, it's gonna be Andy Ruiz Jr., and that is coming up i think in the month saturday june 1st that's coming up sooner rather than later yeah u.s debut um he's gonna be on the zone as well there you go. The zone is on the come up. They are trying to dominate the fight game. Madison Square Garden. I knew it was a big place. Was that going to be MSG or going to be in Vegas? That's what he's been talking about. Wanted to do that shit since forever. So Ruiz dude is a big burly motherfucker. Uh, 32-1 record, 21 knockouts. But has he fought anybody? We'll see. Joshua is 22-0 with 21 knockouts. Um, about the same age, he's got four inches, uh, height, Joshua does, and his reach is about eight inches, that's pretty significant, yeah, man, is it clobbering time again for him, we shall see, we shall see, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the fight game, the little snippet, the heavyweights, uh, they're on the come up, man, I really fucks with them, um, yeah, zone they're taking over. I did a little presentation for, um, um, on like a lot of that stuff, all the different sports media rights. It's very important to see what, uh, 
where those uh, rights end up. Also, it's crazy. You know how Fox and um, got sold to Disney, like a lot of the Fox properties? Well, they ended up having to sell off a bunch of the regional sports networks that they have, like the Fox Sports of the world and all that. They sold Yes Network, uh, which is the home of the Yankees, back to the Yankees slash, I think Amazon has a part, part stake in it. Uh, they sold it back to uh, back to them for like a billy, dude. Freaking crazy. Also, the other sports networks, I think, all sold for combined like 3.9 or something north of that. I can't remember. Sinclair. Uh, media bought them. They got it for a discount, pretty much. They got it, like, 80% from what they thought they was gonna get, which is kind of a trip. I don't see media properties get sold like that too too often. Um, so they kind of came up on it a bit, I would say. Alright, moving forward. A lot of shit has happened in the world of basketball. Oh, actually, you know what? Let me, let me talk about this before. How about the last UFC, the big uh, pay-per-view? Uh... Rose Namunas took that L, man. That's freaking... That sucks. I was a big fan of her, but she got slammed so hard. As soon as I turned on that bootleg feed, that shit happened, and I was like, damn, right in the second round. It was crazy, the main event. It was... Uh, that was pretty insane. So, uh, we hope the best for Rose. She said she doesn't know if she wants to do it anymore. So, whatever she does in the future, that's uh, that's up to her. She's uh, She's got a lot of uh, years ahead of her, so we wish her nothing but the best. She's uh, nothing but a warrior can't question her heart it's just uh that fight game is a toll once you get to that level it's pretty crazy moving on we have uh yeah world of basketball like i was saying a lot of stuff has happened on and off the court uh we are now in the conference rounds i guess slash nba finals section of the playoffs so we are in the nitty and gritty there have been two exciting rounds prior to this and then we had the Warriors. They are oh so interesting. Oh so interesting for sure. Uh, I guess I want to start off in saying shout out to Dame Lillard hitting that 50-foot game winner. That was pretty ballsy. I think that won them the series in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Um, pretty damn epic that shot was. That was, uh, you know, him staring into the camera. And that was... Uh, freaking epic let me see shot mm, doo, 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 doo. oh yeah he beat the thunder with that in game seven which was pretty freaking epic um and i know it looks like he's gonna sign 191 million dollar extension it was 37 foot buzzer beater he shot it from the moda center logo crazy that was so crazy man that was a moment to remember for sure in the playoffs. And also the Thunder, kind of a disappointing end to their season. Uh, PG was definitely banged up at the end, which was disappointing as well. Because uh, he really took off at the beginning of the season and really held them together. And allowed Russell to play a different style that we haven't really seen quite as much, I would say. Uh, which was interesting to see that development. So the Thunder got knocked out. Another series that went seven was uh, the the Denver Nuggets and San Antonio Spurs, and that was kind of a slow death for San Antonio. That's a long, prolonged one because Denver they were uh, the new uh, the newbies in the playoffs this season. They had a terrific record. I think they were the number one seed, 
two seed, I should say. Number they were fighting for that all season though, that number one overall, and eventually ended up with the two spot. And took took it to seven, got it, got by. They they were looking for scoring certain stretches. You could tell guys were real hesitant. They were like uh, you know clamming up a bit. So they uh, they did their thing, moved on, and then took the Portland Trailblazers all the way to seven as well. That was back and forth series. Saw good moments and bad moments for role players on either team. Really. Uh, Jokic was ball balling he, he, uh, for long stretches, man. He had some good-ass games. He did look dead as fuck in that, uh, what was it, four-overtime game, I want to say, that they had. It was That was another epic performance. That's one that I won't remember. Portland put in Rodney Hood. He's, like, skipping around just, like, all fresh, and he gets in the game, hits some shots in, uh, like, triple, quadruple over T, whatever, whatever it was. It was pretty damn late. And uh, he did his thing. They won. And that was pretty epic. Uh, let me see what else besides that. Oh, on the other side, he had uh, the Warriors who uh, advanced to play the Rockets. I'm trying to remember who they played in the first round. Uh, yeah, who was it? Uh, NBA playoff bracket. Bracket. Alrighty. Let me see that image. Let me see that image. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Houston beat Utah um, in, like, five, I want to say. Oh, yeah, and then Golden State beat the Clippers. Even though the uh, the clip show, they made a, they gave them a little bit of a run with a bunch of role players, which is pretty surprising. They advanced. They played each other, and they played an epic-ass six-game series, which we thought might be longer. There was... Back and forth between the games ended up being tied after four uh, four games apiece. And it went back to uh, Golden State, game five. They are down late in the game. KD tweaks his calf, like pulls his calf pretty much, comes up limping, and gets off the court, can't come back. Freaking Curry and Klay Thompson... Bring the team back. They uh, they win the ball game, take a three to two series lead, and you could feel like Houston let it slip there. Like that was maybe the moment for them to win it, uh, win that series. There was some controversy involved, but uh, I didn't see the game, so I ain't gonna speak on that part. It was pretty crazy though. Um, so add that one into another moment in the playoffs. Game six came, and that was. Pretty damn crazy itself because no Kevin Durant. Uh, Boogie had been out all playoffs pretty much since the, the first round against the Clippers because he re-injured himself. And then, yeah, they were, like, pushing Iguodala's minutes. Freaking Livingston was getting playing time as well. They were playing, like, kind of old school kind of uh, warriors, like how they played before KD was on the team. It was the Splash Brothers and... Draymond, man, he took it up to another level there. It was uh, impressive to see. Uh, he was—he's uh, been on fire for the last few weeks. But yeah, man, against if against Houston, he was on it. And Chris Paul and James Harden, who had been—they played like statistically well, but at times you're just looking around at them and you're just like, man, this is like some of the most frustrating type of brand of basketball to like be a part of and be a member of. Apparently, I'm reading like uh, today that Chris Paul and Harden were getting into it with each other, and 
I mean, it's not surprising, man. The freaking way these two both dudes play, it's just like that. There's a lot of overlap in terms of what they like to do on the court. So naturally, it's going to be like a massaging of egos for like the mid to make that work. And in the past, it's been good, but who knows what, where it's at now, man? Between them, uh, but uh, they didn't get as much. Uh, they got a lot of lot of punch from Eric Gordon, and each one had a kind of off game every once in a while between. Uh, Harden and CP, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, the Warriors are fucking prolific, man. Curry and Clay, they they like you know really brought it in that game six, and they took it on Houston's home court, which was freaking surprising as hell. Especially the way they did it, they another come from behind victory. It's just like the Warriors' mo, man. They're never dead until they're dead. They're one of those teams that can like come through in like a couple minutes and then bring it. And immediately just, uh, you know, turn it on. It's, it's crazy. It's, like, unreal. They just, like, put freaking kerosene on this fire, and they just, like, blow right past you. It's like they hit that NOS button in Fast and Furious. It's, like, crazy. I don't know if I've ever seen, like, a team that could ever put, you know, put up numbers quite like that that quickly. I love watching my Sacramento Kings team back in the day. Uh, kind of try to do similar things. I love that Phoenix Suns team with Nash. They would, uh, you know you know blitz you for like 15 points in like three minutes sometimes like they, they could really you know pour it on but this like addition of the Warriors team and for the last like five seasons has been ungodly man like freaking crazy and even dating back like more like six or seven years it's like going back to like when even Mark Jackson was the coach when they when they would get you know down big probably due to some like fundamental coaching flaws that, uh, you know, were pretty apparent to people watching from home, they would uh, make uh, terrific comebacks, like, consistently, consistently. Curry would just go, like, flames on people, and, you know, madness would ensue, but then they freaking would be running this, like, slow, low-post offense where they'd be just like, like, what the fuck y'all doing? What the fuck y'all doing? But, yeah. Um... Eastern Conference, it's been kind of, uh, I guess it was like a three-team show for the most part because you had the Bucks and they were just like steamrolling everybody uh, that was coming their way in the first few rounds of the playoffs because they, uh, who the hell did they play? Uh, they played Detroit in the first, swept them, played Boston in the second and, and gave them a reverse sweep. Like, uh, reverse gentleman sweep. I think they won four in a row after losing game one, which was pretty surprising because I was on home court. And he thought the Celtics were going to be for real. And then they just didn't have enough firepower on their own, which, uh, you know, you saw Kyrie pounding. You saw, like, the young dudes looking around, like, what the fuck are we doing? And Gordon Haywood's, like, still, like, trying to, like, I'm just trying to get healthy, but I'm, like, playing good at the moment so what the fuck and it was just like a weird mix and then terry rogier you could tell we just like wanted to dip get up and out of there and i think he's had it with playing with Kyrie, um which you know not too surprising man considering how good he played this season before uh first stretches and yeah man it was uh kind of a meltdown we kind of saw coming if you saw the celtics throughout the regular season just super disappointing flashes of brilliance and then just inconsistent man really inconsistent um yeah but celtics they had beat the pacers in the first round i think that went like six or seven as well too but uh so milwaukee events the conference finals they're still alive currently um philly and brooklyn that one went pretty deep i think that one's six philly won that one 
we got to see some JoJo Embiid, uh, good moments, even though he was, like, uh, hampered at certain points there. Toronto took care of the Orlando. And then the second round came, and it was Toronto-Philly. That was a hell of a series, man. That one went seven. There was moments where you thought Toronto was just going to put them away, and Philly kept fighting back, fighting back, fighting back. And then uh, you thought they had a chance at game seven. They uh, Kawhi Leonard's at the line. End of the game, uh, granted, like, a lot of shit was happening at the time, too. Uh, crazy stuff. This is the same day that Game 7 for the, the Portland-Denver series was going on, too. Happened to be uh, Mother's Day, which also happened to be uh, the day of uh, my little cousin's baptism. So I went down to San Diego. I was chilling with my mom and my grandmas and my... Or just my one grandma. And my, uh, my, aunt, my aunts, uh, plural. And my cousins, my little cousins, little baby cousins. It was cute. It was a fun time. But anywho, we went to... I'm watching this on my phone the last few minutes. I uh, got, like, I guess my uncle-in-law or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, we're sitting there watching the game on my phone. And we see Kawhi's at the free throw line. Hits the first one. Misses the second. There's, like, under, like, 15 seconds left. Jimmy Butler gets the board. Pushes it down the court. Uh, gets by a defender, attacks the rim, finishes over Ibaka, and ties the game up. Uh, crazy moment, crazy, crazy ass moment. They call timeout, right? There's like under a second left or something, or like, like no, nah, probably like under five, ten seconds left, something like that. They get the ball, run a play, get it into Kyrie. It's like Simmons on him. Kyrie is forced to his right. He uh, pushes into the corner around the three-point arc. He gets a double team from Joel Embiid. Embiid kind of gets in the way of Simmons, so Simmons kind of falls and like tra- starts trailing him, and is not really like on him like hip to hip. Embiid attaches over to Kawhi. Kawhi's pushing into the corner. He takes a couple steps. He rises up in the very edge of the, of the court, falling away to his right with a seven-foot-three monster attacking him. And he's uh, he comes up, gets the shot off because the dude almost blocks it, and he ends up hitting the rim on the front, bounces in the air, hits the back rim, bounces twice, drops in, game winner, pandemonium. Drake's going crazy. That shit was pretty wild. That shit was wild as motherfucker. Um. Yeah, that was pretty legendary. I honestly believe that was like one of the greatest game-winning shots I've ever seen in my life, and I think has ever happened in NBA history. To be honest, Game Seven, you know, it was going crazy. There's some epic ass shots of him just like kneeling, crouching on the ground, and, and all that stuff. I think I'm gonna make that the picture for uh, this episode because um, that shit was beautiful, beautiful as hell. Uh, Any hoot. What the hell are we doing? Oh, yeah, we're going to the current round. So, yeah, we had uh, Toronto and then Milwaukee. They ended up taking over Boston, like I said. So they're currently playing right now. It was a great game tonight, man. There's been some good ones. There was a double OT game that happened. Giannis versus Kawhi has been so interesting, fun to watch. Uh, this last game I saw today uh, was was crazy, man. Toronto, they lost the first two games uh, on the road in Milwaukee. And you're thinking, man, the Bucks dominating. Giannis, we're going to see him in the finals. How's he going to do against the Warriors? Um, spoiler alert, they ended up taking it against Portland, you know, which was crazy because we'll talk about it in a sec. But anyway, just like, all right, what's going to happen there? And 
you ended up seeing Kawhi Leonard like kind of on a leg and a half, man. He's like hobbled. You could tell he's not 100%. He's not giving it like everything he can at the moment. Like I think his quad injury has been flaring up and he's just like uh, still quietly been going off, man. <laughs> it's so crazy. He's been like the one consistent dude on Toronto who's like got that that fuck it gene in him uh, that everybody else just seems to like clam up in those moments. It's crazy. It's so crazy. So he's uh, he's been really pouring it on, doing it on defense as well, getting steals, blocks, everything. It's been it's been insane what he's been doing. He's just like a cyborg at this moment. He just goes into like uh, you know it's like ultra power saving mode. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like you're not using everything, but you still got enough to get the job done. And it's just it's been impressive as hell. They've won three games in a row. They won the last two games in Toronto, and then. Uh, Tonight, they won in Milwaukee. So now they got a 3-2 lead going into game six in a couple nights, which is going to be pretty juicy Saturday night. So I got to make sure to watch that one. That's going to be uh, must-see television uh, for uh, Mario uh, for over the weekend. The uh, the Mazapan Don, as you might uh, recall. Annie Hoot. Where the fuck were we talking about basketball? Uh, oh, yeah, let me talk about this real quick, and then we'll take a break again. So I'll get my clothes. I think it's out the dryer. This shit is probably hella hot right now. These dryers that these ones, they just go and go. Uh, yeah, man, the draft lottery happened, and it wasn't the Knicks. It was the New Orleans Pelicans who won out of all teams. Super crazy. Had, like, a super low chance to get it, and they got it. And so now they're like, shit, is Zion going to be playing with it? Anthony Davis? Is Anthony Davis still want to dip? Like, are they going to trade him? Could they force him to come back and play? How's that going to look? Do they get all creative with that stuff? Because that's going to be a ridiculous combo. They were talking about, man, this New Orleans team, maybe they might up and leave. Are they going to become the new Seattle Supersonics? Are they, you know, going to be sold? Is it going to be run by people who know basketball? Which I guess the answer is yes, because David Griffin's now the the GM. I think another another guy who's pretty well-known. Um... Yeah, man, there's a lot of questions. And now they got the number one pick. They got Zion, and he's going to be straight with them for a minute. So at least for through his rookie contract, you would think. Um, yeah, what, what was the order? It was like, damn. Uh, let me see. I'll, just, I'll, I'll look it up right now. This is what uh, I got high-speed internet, internet. NBA Draft 2019. Let's see. It is on Thursday. Let's see. Check the mocks. Let's check the motherfucking mocks. All right. New Orleans, Memphis 2, Knicks 3, Lakers 4. That was the top four, which meant it bumped Cleveland and Phoenix back. They had crappy-ass years. And so the Lakers moved up, New Orleans moved up, and the Memphis, I think, ended up moving up. Or no, New York, I think. I don't, I don't fucking know. I think they're both on the bottom. Anywho, two, yeah, those two teams. So it was New Orleans and, and the Lakers moved up, which is crazy. So if they were going to give the Lakers Zion, it would have been fucking uh, pitiful, man. That would have fucking sucked. That would have blown so hard. So goddamn hard. Oh, man. Fucking pop up. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, man. So. That has some implications. The Kings don't have a pick this year, so I'm less inclined into breaking down who what's going to happen. But I know John Morant, he's the big uh, secondary piece, and it looks like Memphis is going to have a chance to get him. I know R.J. Barrett's in the mix there. Um, a few other guys. We'll uh, 
we'll figure that out as we get closer to the draft. Because you know me, I don't be watching too much of that college basketball um, apart from the tournament. I think you guys heard me talk about it before. And, yeah, we'll take a quick break, uh, get back into some drama off the court, get into some uh, some other uh, sporting events and other current topics. And, yeah, we'll be right back. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back once again. Uh, a little longer break than anticipated. So, yeah, um, just to give you a heads up, we fast-forwarded a few days. So, basically, finished my laundry took it home, and I just crashed after that, so then I had work on Friday, had to go ahead and, um, you know, finish packing, made it to the airport, and flew home, and stayed up in Stockton, and that's where I'm currently at now, yesterday, Saturday, was my little brother's graduation, which was nice, so got to see some, uh, some old teachers and whatnot, and congratulate my little brother we hung out had some lunch yesterday it was amazing oh my goodness so so good and yeah i just been hanging out today lazy sunday just uh my family went to go shopping so just chilling at uh the family's house right now just gotta finish up this damn episode man because i told y'all i'll be back um i guess i'll take i'll talk about basketball a little bit more here before we finish things up but uh yeah, game six of the uh, Raptors and Bucks series ended up finishing. Toronto was able to pull it out at the end. They were down like 13 points in the second half. Again, another double-digit comeback uh, in this playoffs. Bucks kind of got stalled down the stretch. Couldn't find any offense um, aside from Giannis, and even he was uh, limited. Freaking Kawhi Leonard is a cyborg, man. He is insane. He had 27 points. And I think he had like 17 rebounds. It was a career high in rebounds. In game five, he had a career high in assists. So it's like back-to-back games. This dude was just pouring it in. And he's like on another level. He's freaking amazing. And I think he's the sole reason that the the Drake curse kind of got lifted a bit. When, um, I guess, Drake, after the game five win, was saying, Oh, we're going to the finals. And I was like, man, you won game away. Milwaukee, if they stole game six, they could have got seven, too. So it was uh, a little ballsy there, man. A little ballsy there, Drizzy, but the team ended up having his back. Um, he was just like Tupac from above the rim, uh, sitting there courtside in game six. So congrats to the Raptors. They're making their first ever finals appearance. So it will be Toronto versus uh, Golden State Warriors. We'll be going back and forth across that northern border, and should be an exciting one. I think everybody and their mom has the Warriors picked here, as uh, we've kind of discussed in the past, man. It's, I, they don't even need Boogie or Durant to take this championship, uh, but I think KD will probably come back, I want to say, around Game 3, and apparently Boogie looks like he might be a little bit um, healthier than anticipated. These teams have a few days off now. They haven't, not until like next Thursday until they play game one. So Kawhi's going to get some rest on that quad injury that he's been dealing with. And we'll see if KD's Achilles and, or KD's calf, I guess. And I guess it's Boogie's calf also. I think it might be his knee now. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see if they get healthy as things shake out there. Um, all right, I guess that's everything uh, on the court for the NBA. There's been some crazy, crazy stuff going on off the court, though. 
um, in the last uh, few weeks here. We'll start with the Lakers, man. The Lakers have been in some turmoil these last three weeks or so. Their front office has had a lot of shaking up. Magic Johnson called it quits out of nowhere pretty much um, just a few weeks back. Held a press conference. Didn't even tell Jeannie Buss about it. Pretty much caught everyone by surprise, and he just went up and quit, which was uh, pretty shocking to say the least. Uh, that dude, he was you know, brought on to try to bring back the Lakers. It was him and Rob Palinka. and Apparently him and Palinka didn't even have a relationship beforehand. Palinka was Kobe's agent uh, prior uh, to to uh, joining the Lakers front office, and I think he ultimately made a power move there. I think there was a lot of like uh, internal infighting, kind of uh, bitching and moaning about Magic maybe not being hundred uh, percent present all the time. Um, and Magic was complaining on his end that he was, you know, not having his own uh, personal time off and personal freedoms and all that stuff. But I mean, that kind of comes with the job, comes with the territory. I think he had agreed to the job in principle kind of as more of a figurehead position but I think the pressure was on him to kind of do the day-to-day GM duties and, and the responsibilities that I don't think he was necessarily up for I know there's been a lot of people who, or there's been a few people who have kind of pointed out that this is kind of Magic Johnson's MO in the past he's uh, when he was a Lakers coach he up and quit kind of in the middle when things got tough when uh, he was I know he was a part of uh, TNT broadcast he let that go. I know he's brought in a part as a member of the ESPN and ABC broadcasts. I think uh, Bill Simmons was talking about how he he kind of threw everybody off because he announced his announced his uh, he quit from that job too, like right before uh, the season began a few few years back. So pretty damn crazy. There's been a lot of shakeups, a lot of concern about where the Lakers are going to be moving forward. They got lucky as hell that they got the fourth uh, overall pick and they moved up in the draft uh, via the lottery. Uh, but before that, man, there was some freaking fans trying to protest and you know tell the freaking you know front office that they need to get their shit together. <laughs> it was a the protest that they tried to organize was pretty damn crazy and it was pretty pretty freaking hilarious uh, being from the outside looking in because it was uh, organized by some dude who was not even from L.A. Uh, first off. Uh, it's not surprising for Laker fans, but second off, the dude tried to schedule a rally in Staples Center, like, uh, on a Friday evening in the middle of rush hour traffic. Alright, um, sorry, I had to take a phone call. Like I was saying, though, man, it was crazy. They tried to basically (laughs) organize a protest. Hardly anybody showed up. There was almost as many media members there as there were fans. I think the biggest, uh, loudest critic that was there was freaking Clipper Daryl, who was stomping all over the Lanker fans and just talking crap to them, saying how it's a Clipper town and all that stuff, which he's done before, but I I found this one pretty damn amusing, going there against uh, all those Laker fans um, (laughs) in downtown LA. Downtown LA on a Friday evening is like one of the hardest places to get to uh, (laughs) in terms of ease of traffic and restrictions and all that stuff, Uh, so they did not think that through and they also didn't think through the fact that their the offices of the like the front office and everything their headquarters are in El Segundo just out by LAX area so they were in a completely opposite part of town than the people that they're complaining to could even hear them so yeah not thinking two and two together there I'm uh, not necessarily uh, a <laughs> shocker there was between some of the Laker fans 
and what they've kind of done in the past. But, um, yeah, anyway, let's see what else we got. <laughs> um, yeah, my Sacramento Kings, they uh, they made a change at the, uh, the, the, I guess, on the leadership. They hired a new head coach. They fired Dave Yeager after the season. Uh, he wasn't able to make the team go over 500. There was some a little bit of internal rift uh, between the the front office and where Yeager was uh, was trying to do. I think the biggest complaint was over his lack of playing some of the young guys, which I could definitely understand. But I understand where he was coming from too, and that he couldn't necessarily trust them on a play by play basis. And he felt that it was uh, best to kind of bring them along slower. So that's like the Marvin Bagley's of the world, the Harry Giles of the world this season. He was a little slower to incorporate them into the rotations. But Bagley, once he came in, he was a big spark, and he was putting up some crazy good performances in uh, limited minutes. His role got bigger and bigger as the season went on, and he kept improving. So I think Jaeger ultimately, it's hard to say if he did a good job or a bad job because we can't can't compare against something that's a hypothetical, right? Um, So... Maybe if he was able to get more playing time earlier in the season, maybe he would have progressed quicker. But who's to say he might have uh, not also hit a, a rookie wall, which happens with a lot of players. Um, I've seen a good number of them play well all the way up until maybe January, February. And then once they get to that part of the season where you know they've never played this many games in that many period of time before. So a lot of times mentally they'll check out or physically sometimes their body just won't be able to, to respond and handle the, the, the day-to-day grinds and whatnot, so, um, yeah, I think Jaeger eventually got let go, they brought in Luke Walton, who had just been released from the Lakers uh, a few days prior to, the, to his hiring, and then after, right after he gets hired, uh, unfortunate uh, rape allegations came out against him uh, amongst a former, um, um, former associate of his, somebody who had, uh, was like a journalist and had helped him write a foreword in his, uh, uh, I think biography that he wrote, or I think it was like a book that he wrote, or something, something of that nature. Um, this person was like a, a journalist who had some contact with him. Apparently, they had a, a relationship, and she alleges that um, there was some some action that she did not consent to, which is, uh, if if true, is is horrible. And wish I wish that you know these these we learn from these situations, and we don't. Um, let that happen moving forward, but if it's not true, it's just uh, um, an unfortunate uh, situation for a lot of people who have gotten um, accused wrongfully. So it's it's like I've talked about some of these scenarios in the past on some other episodes. It's shitty. It's shitty for um, just in general. The situation is crappy. Um, so I guess we'll 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 see and find out exactly what maybe the the facts might remain there because um, there's a p- potential that both parties could be lying. So more often than not, a lot of people say there's there's your story, there's my story, and then there's the truth somewhere in the middle there. So we'll see exactly how that that shakes out there. Um, but yeah, this all all came about pretty abruptly. I know. The allegations stem from when he was still an assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors, which was about like three years ago. So, the Warriors were never notified by this uh, about this uh, situation. The Los Angeles Lakers did their own investigation before hiring him, and never you know came across this incident. 
And then finally, Sacramento Kings also, for uh, as a third franchise, also did not find this information out uh, prior. Doesn't necessarily mean it didn't happen. It just uh, makes it a little curious to see as to maybe she's thinking that uh, she can come up on some financial gains, which has happened in the past. Um, not saying it happens a lot, but you know we can't rule out any possibilities. We can't talk in in a hundred percent here and there. So. Um, like always, if there's a victim in this situation, you want to t- try to believe them or give them at least as much equal opportunity to provide, uh, you know, their version of the events and the truth, uh, their version of the truth of the matter. Um, but we can't overreact the other way either, too. So it's, uh, it's a city situation, and we just kind of have to put our hands up and just let things kind of play out. And, uh, you know, well, I guess we're lucky here in America. We have uh, at least some due processes, and we're... You know, we do give people enough chance to kind of defend themselves. Um, it's not perfect by any means, but you know, hopefully that uh, moving forward they can find some some common ground, some solution there. That's uh, that's a tough one. It's a tough one for for a lot of parties to kind of deal with. And I mean, for the Sacramento Kings, that's not a good look. You, you let go of your coach, you hire somebody within a week, and then. Just a few days later, you got this uh, big shit storm on your hands. So, um, not ideal, not ideal whatsoever. So, I don't know where to end that one. That's uh, that's kind of crazy, but uh, I guess we can keep it moving. Um, yeah, man, this NBA playoffs have been pretty damn exciting. I'm just gonna say that there. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, we had Curry. Um, <laughs> the Currys were playing each other in the the last uh, Western Conference Finals. We had Steph and Seth, and we had another storyline with Aisha Curry when she was talking about how she felt like she went on like this this Red Table Talk uh, podcast show with I know a few females. One of them being Jada Pinkett Smith. That's the one name I remember. So don't blame me if. Uh, you know, for having bad memory, but regardless, she went on the show, and she was talking about a lot of different personal problems and issues, um, I know she was talking about, you know, her family relationship, and, uh, she dealt with her own insecurities, I, I believe she had gotten, a she had, like, a botched, uh, like, uh, breast augmentation, uh, AK boob job that, uh, took place after her second child, I want to say, so she was, like, really insecure about that stuff, but she was also saying that how, um, from time to time, she might not feel as, uh, um, feel like she has her own self-worth, um, due to the fact that she has had a lack of male attention in the past, which is like, you know, you want to be relatable and you want to understand like, okay, like I get it. That's understand. Everybody wants to feel like, you know, special in a certain way and to get that attention, on the other hand, though, there's a lot of different factors that I think she's kind of neglecting to kind of take into consideration, or maybe she kind of said those, maybe those were her, like, feelings, and maybe not her, her, her thoughts. You know, sometimes pe- people speak emotionally, which is, like, you know, true to them, but maybe they, they, if they, their, their true beliefs are somewhere a little different, and so I, I think that might have happened there, because there's a lot of people, you know, kind of coming back against her, saying that, 
oh, why the heck um, would you be wanting men to tempt you when you are um, in one of the, like, the best situations possible for a female? You've got uh, a marriage to a faithful NBA superstar who has helped elevate not only like your family's brand, but your brand itself. Um, where she's got her own cooking lines and and uh, different kitchen products and things of that nature, which has been really successful with uh, promoting and pushing that um, for the last few seasons, few years, I'd say. And the other thing is, too, it's like from the guy's perspective, why should I give you attention if I know who you are? I know you're a, a family woman, and I know that you are... Um, somebody who's in a good position there. It's like if I holler at Aisha Curry, I already know she's gonna like not give me any time of day, because why should she? Man, she's she's got everything that you would you know ask for on paper. So, like I get that perspective from it, and it's just it was just really funny, man, because people were really trying to flame her on Twitter and on Instagram and stuff like that. <laughs> Because it's like, uh, I've seen all these memes now recently of like Kawhi Leonard probably trying to holler at her and stuff like that. It's, uh, I don't know, it's it's, it's interesting. But um, yeah, I guess just uh, it's just something to think about because it's, it's like, why would I put myself on the line to make my, embarrass myself if I know that, you know, that's going to be the likelihood outcome just to make you feel better, you know what I mean? So most people generally are, you know... Um, the first person they think about is themselves. So, like, when their actions a lot of times are directed towards that. And that's just natural human human behavior, I'd say. So, nothing too, I guess, out of the ordinary there. But, um, yeah, Aisha Curry. Um, go ahead and holler at her, I guess. I don't know. Shoot. I don't freaking know. She's mama too and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, I guess moving forward. Step on the ice for a quick, quick second, man. San Jose Sharks once again fall short of uh, their Stanley Cup aspirations. They made it to the Western Conference Finals this year. First two rounds, man, it was looking promising. They had a seven-game series with the Golden Knights where, man, that game seven was pretty damn epic. They were down, I want to say, three goals going like into the third period. They got a power play, um, like a major, like a five-minute major, and they think they scored three goals in that within that power play. They come back, score a fourth one to take the lead. The Golden Knights score with under a minute left to tie it going to overtime. And then the Sharks eventually scored the, the final one to win 5-4. to four. Pretty damn crazy, uh, crazy situation, crazy finish there for the Sharkies. Uh, they moved on and went into the second round where they also went seven games. But, um, you know, unfortunately they faced the St. Louis Blues in uh, the championship uh, Western Conference round, and wasn't able to get it done. They had a lot of uh, a lot of injuries in uh, Game Five and Game Six. You know, Pavelski wasn't healthy. Um, I think who else who else missed time? I think maybe, was it Carlson? Anyway, they uh, they kind of fall short again. It's not nothing too surprising, but also still very disappointing because. Uh, she want the Sharks to break through one of these years. But uh, now we have Boston versus St. Louis for the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, Stanley Cup finals. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. All righty, let's see. All right, we did get some NFL draft 
or we, we did have the NFL draft that took place a few months back. Now it's just all this stuff that I'm looking here on my list. This shit is just super old, man. But I think the Raiders did all right with themselves. They drafted, I think, high character guys, some people who are solid and maybe have lower bust potential, but they might have lower, you know, superstar potential also, which. I don't necessarily fault the team. They need solid players. They don't necessarily need like hit or miss type guys. Um, so we'll see what happens. Clone Field, with number one overall pick. I know they got uh, uh, Josh Jacobs, I believe his name. Josh, it's JJ. Um, the running back out of uh, Alabama. He's a thumper. He's going to be probably a Marshawn Lynch replacement. Yeah, they got uh, a safety as well in. Uh, a few other guys later down, I think they did all right. But uh, there were some other confusing moves, man. I know the biggest one was uh, with Daniel Jones or whatever. the Whoever the quarterback is, the freaking Giants drafted, like, six overall. They had, like, a second or third round grade. That shit was pretty surprising, man. They drafted him over Haskins. It's just like, what are they doing? Pretty damn surprising there. Kyler Murray went number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals. Which ended up being a smart move on his part, if you're just looking at the money, because he had, like, what, $2 million guaranteed from the Oakland A's? This dude got over six uh, from the Cardinals. Uh, didn't hasn't even played it down yet, so not bad. We'll see uh, how that goes moving forward. He'll probably get a, a chance to to start right away now that they, dra- they, uh, they drafted him, and they traded Josh Rosen on over to Miami, uh, to the Dolphins. So I guess on the Dolphins' part, that's not that bad of a risk to take a guy who was a first-round draft pick the year prior. So Cardinals moving on after one season with their their quarterback. And on to the next one. Another funny, uh, surprising story that came out of the NFL draft. Uh, How about Joey Bosa? Uh, With the He's had some very public uh, political views. He's been very pro-Trump in the past, having come out of Ohio State. Mm, So it comes from, a I guess, a more conservative background. He uh, scrubbed a lot of his uh, posts in the past, his MAGA-laden posts, off of uh, social media because he knew he had the chance to be drafted by a team who lives in maybe a more liberal market. And lo and behold, this guy gets drafted by the San Francisco 49ers, probably the most liberal market in uh, major sports here in America. Uh, yeah, the San Francisco Bay Area has been like a bastion of uh, a lot of uh, um, progressive movements, I would say, in American history within the last uh, century. So, yeah, the fact that Joey Bosa got drafted by the team that represents the city, it's uh, <laughs> pretty amusing. Um, I think he even said or in an interview, they asked him why he had scrubbed some of that stuff. He said that, man, there's a chance I might have to play for the Niners. So looks like that's going to come forward. And, um, you know, to the credit of some of the players, they've come to his defense and say, hey, man, as long as you're uh, individually a good person and you do your job as a football player, we shouldn't have any problems. We shouldn't have any issues because, I mean, this wouldn't be the first time that something like this would happen where you got one person who maybe have an opinion one way playing with other people. Um uh, who might have an opinion the other way, so who's to say what will happen there? I guess it'd be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I guess that'll be a funny one moving forward. 
Let's see here. Um, yeah, let's talk about Antonio Brown, man, on the Raiders. Uh, he's been beefing with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, like, on and off um, for the last few months, man. They've just been going back and forth with each other on Twitter. Shit seems kind of a little petty to some. I would kind of be in that boat, but I don't know what the hell the relationship is or was or what the hell it did or did not happen. It just... Uh, Seems, I guess, Antonio Brown, now that he's kind of come out of it, this this the uh, whole situation with the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger, you'd think he'd kind of take the high road, but that's not his M.O. So, anyway, let's, uh, let's hope that shit just in, is just done with and in the past now, because it's like, uh, and A.B. Is a, is a bit of a character. It's already already showing, but it seems like he's getting a connection with Derek Carr from what I've seen in some of the off-season videos, so... Let's hope that keeps moving forward. We just got to connect on those deep routes, baby. We got to push the ball down the field more than last season. Car turned into Captain Checkdown, and that shit was fucking annoying. Annoying as hell. All righty. Um, let's see. All right, getting back to it. We've had way too many goddamn breaks in uh, this show today, or just this episode. Had a pause, go to dinner with some family, and now we're back. Um, yeah, let's wrap up some of this NFL news. I guess one more thing I want to talk about for the, before uh, we get out of here. How about uh, last weekend, Ezekiel Elliott pushing that security guard at EDC over. Uh, I was rocking the full LeBron jersey outfit thing, and apparently some dude was stopping him from getting into like a certain area, or he got into some argument with this, some chick. And some, some like really skinny little like security dude was like standing in the way between some gates for him. And Z kind of like pushed up against him. And homie, swear to God, like <laughs> flopped worse than freaking uh, um, some midfielders and shit in the Premier League. It was pretty bad. Fool just fell straight to the ground parallel and shit like that, man. So he got, he ended up getting cuffed and taken away. I don't think there was any charges or anything like that, but. Yeah, man, it's just uh, another off-field incident for Zeke. Uh, let's see, somebody else had one too recently. Uh, um, yeah. What was I gonna say? Uh, going back, going back. Who the fuck else? Uh, looking through my Twitter feed right now. This is very, very interesting stuff. Yeah, this fool got handcuffed. Yeah, about a week ago. About a week ago. Uh, oh, yeah, this is the other one. This was from about last month or about three weeks ago. Looked like Rolling Loud. Uh, son's uh, Jaron Jackson got arrested there. Um, yeah. Looks like, what the hell was it? Um, just once. Let's see here. Let's see if we still have the article. Chimon Lee. Yeah, Miami, Florida. Uh, he got resisting arrest. Let's see. He reportedly attempted to enter a VIP area at the festival without credentials. Boom. And then he tried to flee. Uh, very minor thing, but yeah, just an example of uh, basketball players going dumb or athletes going dumb off the away from the field. Um, yeah, man, 
some funny stuff. Funny, funny stuff. Um, anywho, yeah, man, so Zeke got cuffed last weekend. Ultimately, not gonna be a big issue. Um, okay, we'll move forward. Um, how about Tiger completing that comeback to win the Masters? That was pretty freaking epic, and that was probably a month ago, just because that's how fucking long ago it's been since we checked in on you. Since then, I think he got the Presidential Medal of Honor or Freedom or something. He got some Presidential Medal from Trump, and people were roasting him. One, for being homies with Trump, because they go back, because Trump owns a bunch of golf courses. He's played at his tournaments, and et cetera, et cetera. They've been friendly with each other. I get that. Um, yeah, and so, you know, him being... Uh, person of color who plays in a sport that is dominated by white people you got to play nice so I, I get that part of it so that fool was always never tried to mess up his money um so much so that he's presented probably too squeaky clean of an image so then things really hit the fan when shit hit the fan things really turned on him but yeah that whole relationship that's kind of that's out there but it's understandable i would say uh from our perspective the thing that's not understandable is how many people are fucking flaming this fool because he's got the shitty ass hairline in the game of golf at the moment. Um, yeah, not very good. Uh, come on home, Tiger, man. You just need to come home. Just, you know, drop the top on that and just let it go, man. Just let it fucking go. You got to take that pick and just, you know, you know, start, start shaving backwards, bro. Hit against the green. Get that nice, smooth uh, shine. I know you wear a hat. During your profession, but man, I think it's time, man. I think it is time. It's uh, it's not looking good, you know. As another Raider fan, from Raider fan to Raider fan, man, there's no shame in the game. Just drop the top, man. Just let it go. Just let it freaking go. Uh, also, Brooks Kepka, shout out to him. I know he won the the PGA Championship just last week. He was dominating. Looks like he's gonna be. A name to look out for in the world of golf. Um, this is from somebody who doesn't play the sport and watches the highlights. So, yeah, looks like that's another name that gamblers will be putting money on in uh, future tournaments. So we'll see what he does moving forward. A lot of these dudes who've come up in the last, like, five years or so that we thought, all right, this is going to be the next dude. They've had good moments and they kind of, like, flamed out a little bit. Not as solid, consistent. Guys like Bubba Watson or Spieth or even Rory. They're great golfers in their own right, but, I mean, they haven't been able to be as consistent, I would say, even though some, they've, they have all won majors. Um, but Tiger's level is just, like, a on another stratosphere than every, anybody else, really. It's really fucking insane. Shows you how crazy he was. All right, we'll move on. We'll go to uh, the world of baseball, man. How about the whole controversy with uh, people being excited and having fun and shit? Uh, starting off with Tim Anderson with the black bat flip controversy. I know he hit a, like a home run a while back. Had an epic ass bat flip, and then uh, subsequently, every time he's home, he's had a crazy bat flip too. Uh, so Tim Anderson, the shortstop for the White Sox, is uh, a black baseball player uh, who shows emotion and is trying to have fun. And he's been talking about how he's trying to break the fun barrier uh, in baseball, which you know. Baseball is probably the one the most stodgy, the stuck up, like stuck in their way sports in America because of the history and, and all that stuff. But 
yeah, there's kind of like a underlying like um like this is the right way to do it as in this is the white way to do it kind of kind of uh mentality. It's cuz like the way that people play in the Dominican and the people play in Japan, it's a lot different just the the attitudes and style. It's different than the way people think about it here in America. So when they see other people acting exuberant and they're just like, you know, full of emotion, just kind of being themselves, then they kind of think they don't think very highly of it. So I think he got thrown at and he had a whole controversy between the pitchers and him. And yeah, that kind of escalated. But he's been keeping up and being consistent with it. So I'll give him credit for there. We've seen some crazy bat flips from other people since then. The most surprising one was um, just recently. Who the hell um, was it? Ian Kinsler? I think it was Ian Kinsler. Uh, he was like all cursing. I think he was cursing. Uh, let's see. Kinsler. Bat flip. Flip. Let's see. What the fuck was it? Yeah, he apparently was cursing out the fans. <laughs> That's what it was. Um, I think they were giving him shit. <laughs> he says it wasn't directed at the fans, but it's like... He's just saying, fuck all you guys. <laughs> uh, apparently he was yelling at his teammates, but who the fuck knows? <laughs> so yeah, he hit like a walk-off and uh, it was going crazy. So he has been one of the guys on the other side of the argument where it's like, He's been had public comments about people like being pissed off at the way people acted like uh, during the games and whatever. So I find that kind of crazy that now he's just kind of saying fuck it, <laughs> just releasing his frustrations, which is fine, man. It's fine. Like I don't have a problem with it, but people baseball play, you know, that's a different type of culture and all that shit. So it's uh, it's kind of weird, man. It's like an NFL people without freaking you get a sack, you get a half sack and people do you don't you do your own goddamn choreographed dance. People get first downs like on two yard out routes and they're putting the whole arm moving forward, like move the chains type of motion and all that shit. So it's Yeah, I guess it gets crazy. It gets a little over the top, but you know, it's there's there's gotta be a common ground there. Right? The retaliation in baseball is crazy because dudes can actually legit get injured. And it could be scary if you throw at somebody's head, throw at some dude's knees, it's their livelihood. It's freaking, you know, not the best thing to, best aspect of the sport, I'd say. It's kind of some chicken shit shit, especially in the AL because the pitchers don't end up hitting, so they don't, they don't get a chance to feel that retaliation. And also, it's just like, it's like tit for tat type of shit because if you if you do it in the AL, you throw at a guy, the pitch on the on on the team who got thrown at. It's like if they do the warning, they don't have a fair chance to like kind of come back at them, which is like it's, I don't know. It gets complicated. It get this shit gets complicated. All right, we'll move on a little bit. Um, let's see here. Let's talk about the Mets injury rows. <laughs> so we'll start with Yoenis uh, uh, Cespedes. Uh, so he was rehabbing 
away from the team at one of his ranches. I want to say it's in Florida. Um, and he ended up slipping and falling. And he ended up, what was it? What did he do? He broke him. He broke something. Let's see. Suspedes injury. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Expected to miss the rest of the season. Oh, he had ankle surgery. <laughs> He's going to be out for the rest of the year. He had a violent fall at his ranch about a week ago. Oof, 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 oof. And they paid, they paid him a ton of money. A ton of money. Apparently, he's going to try to figure out a way to avoid his contract. So, that's not good news for Yoannis. Oh, boy. So, the bets, bets are a little bit of a shit show. There's been talk that they might fire the manager. And there's been questions of... Um, are these guys trying hard? I just cash and checks, especially considering the saga involving another one of their star players who they acquired this offseason from Seattle and Robinson Cano. So he was coming back to the city of New York to to play in the Big Apple, and they thought, all right, maybe he might have a little bit of a resurgence. Uh, one of his major knocks has been his uh, lack of hustle, so to speak, and he kind of lived up to that a little bit this last week. So he was. Uh, he, you know, grounded out uh, the infield. It was like not running out the ground bell, pretty much. It was just kind of, you know, loafing it, jogging to first. Got thrown out. Uh, the media got all over him, and the fans were giving him a bunch of shit <laughs> for for, uh, for not trying, pretty much. And so I, th- I want to say the next day or two days later, <laughs> he hits another ground ball, tries to leg it out, and it ends up hurting himself <laughs> again, landing himself on the injured list. So it's like, man, freaking, uh, <laughs> freaking uh, uh, Mets can't catch no breaks. Uh, let's see, injury. Let's see, what was it? He had a quad injury. He ran out grounder. <laughs> he got back on the DL. Oh, jeez. That's I shouldn't laugh at people getting injured, but it's just it's like fuck, dude. <laughs> so how can you not, man? Oh Jesus, he's been under fire, man. Oh, it's freaking ironic, dude. Ironic, man. <laughs> oh yeah, they call him lazy a lot of times because he's just he's kind of carefree on the mount on the field. He's like uh, doesn't ever look like he's stressing out there. And yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, he's he's got great numbers, man, for a second baseman. Um but yeah, man. <laughs> Shaking crazy. All right, yeah, this article is just getting all too, like, fancy with it. All like, who would you rather have, Brick Gardner or Robinson Cano? And I'm like, all right, no need to get in that shit. Basically, the fool got hurt doing something that uh, people were calling him out for not doing. So it's like, shit, should he just, like, not hustle now for the rest of his career because he, he's got that uh, the injury history or, or what the fuck? Um, yeah, fans are still going to get on them. This, this is what they do by nature. All right, we'll move on. Last baseball story. How about Carter Stewart? Uh, Major League prospect signs a six-year, $6 million guaranteed contract to play in Japan over 
um, signing his contract to play for the Atlanta Braves. Now, he was drafted eighth overall last year in 2018, but after the draft, he failed a post-draft physical uh, due to like a wrist ligament injury in his pitching hand. Pitching arm, pitching wrist, whatever. Um, but yeah, so like the the eighth slot is is supposed to have a, a normal four point nine eight million dollar salary slot, you know, for that uh, particular position. But since he failed to post a uh, uh, draft physical in the Braves book, they were only going to offer him two million dollars uh, for the normal deal. So. You know, you think it's if you were one of the top prospects, it still could take four or five years for you to make it all the way up through the to the majors. So with that kind of calculation, and if you think about it, if it's a six-year deal, six million guaranteed, he's going to get more money up front from uh, to go play in Japan. He's just got to make sure that he's you know balling out there because after that six-year deal is up, then he can become basically a free agent to all the MLB market, and he can organize a much greater uh much higher contract there at that point because in mlb they're able to you know hold down your service time and you know gain control over you and you can go to arbitration but even that is still like uh um they still mlb still squeezes you as compared to if you hit the open market and people have like uh, a chance to have an open bidding war so in that aspect, this could be kind of smart, and it could also be a good guarantee just in case baseball doesn't end up working out for this kid. If uh, you know something does happen that's unforeseen, you know he's got that six million guarantees, and also add into the fact that he could actually hit a lot more performance uh, bonuses. So the the value of the contract could go up, you know, exponentially if you think about it. And uh, you know the one and only Scott Boris, super agent in uh, baseball, is the one who kind of organized this whole scenario. Um, so it's pretty inventive and it kind of gives another possibility, another option for kids who, uh, maybe feel like they're getting squeezed out of the normal MLB draft kind of, uh, uh, guidelines and rules, the way they have it all set up and, and broken out. So this was a bit of a outlier situation because this dude, uh, Carter Stewart was a, you know, very high prospect, uh, pitching prospect, uh, coming out of, uh, uh, high school or, Oh, is he Carter Stewart? I think he's still pretty young. I don't know if he was coming out of college. Let's see. Carter Stewart. Let's see here. Yeah, people are giving him some props for, for trying this. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so he was pitching out of high school, got drafted last year, and then I think he pitched again at like a prep school and then decided to go to... Uh, uh, pitch, yeah, over in Japan, so he's 19 at the moment, so after the 60-year deal is done, he's going to be 25, which is actually going to be a little bit quicker than most players are able to get, uh, hit the free agent market, so, um, yeah, man, who knows, who knows what's going to happen, I just thought that was, you know, very interesting, because this is, you know, really out of the, the blue, if you think about it, it's, uh, kind of going, uh, an option that most people wouldn't have, uh, necessarily anticipated there, so, yeah, best of luck to Carter in uh, Konnichiwa, uh, Japan. All that stuff. I don't even know what I say. Hello, hello, Japan. Anyway, all right, we'll move on to the world of world football. Just want to give my thoughts and prayers to Iker Garcias, who was hospitalized a few weeks ago with a heart attack. I know he's been doing better since then. I think he might have gotten released already. Let's see here, Iker Garcias. Hard 
attack. <laughs> yeah, that was me first. Let's see what the latest is. Uh, she's 37 year old. Suffered uh, basically a heart attack in training. She's pretty, um, pretty nasty. Looks like you might have got discharged from the hospital, which is good, good news. Yeah, it's about three weeks ago, so you know, I hope his health uh, remains the best. And if he wants, hopefully he can continue the rest of his career. Um, he's already had a, a, one of the best fruitful careers from any goalkeeper in probably history. If you look at the numbers and accolades that he's been able to achieve, both with uh, the Spanish national team as well as his time with uh, Real Madrid. They were trying to push him out for many, many years, and he held on to that spot for a long, long time. So... Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's uh, he's had his really great moments. He's had his down moments, as most most people will, in the, that big of a spotlight. But it is what it is. All right, we'll move on to the Premier League. A uh, couple crazy weeks to end the season as the the title was going down to the wire between Liverpool and Man City. Uh, Liverpool looked like they were gonna have a good chance to catch uh, the Citizens. Man, they. Uh, I think like about three weeks left to go, man. Mo Salah hit the freaking crazy strike, cutting in from his right side on his patented left foot um, to secure a victory. And they had the chance. They just needed City to basically just draw one of the last like, three or four matches down the stretch of the season. And Man City just won them all. I think the biggest one, I think, was Burnley, second to last of uh, match of the season. Uh... Match was tied going into, you know, the final minutes um, in stoppage time. And of all people's, Vincent Company, freaking center back who hadn't had a shot on goal all season, takes a shot and just nails it right into the far corner. And it was crazy. In, in front of traffic, didn't have many options. And it was one of those where it's just like, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's going crazy if you're a Man City fan. It was uh, it was unreal, man. And to end his career there with Man City, because he announced that he's going to be done with the club, because I think he's up there early thirties as well or late thirties as well. Company man, he's had a hell of a run with that team, and it's just frustrating as somebody who roots for Liverpool that Man City just never slipped up at any point throughout the season because they were just filled with riches, man. Just they have a bench that could probably compete for a top four spot in the EPL. That's how freaking talented they were, like if healthy. Mares didn't even get playing time. Freaking Gabriel Jesus didn't even get full run all the time. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Gunduan, Bernardo Silva, Fernandinho. It's it's an embarrassment of riches is what they got there, man. They got so many people. De Bruyne wasn't healthy most of the year, and it just it didn't even matter. It it honestly didn't even matter. They just keep plugging people in, left and right, and they find ways to win. Mm. Aguero, Sadio, or not Sadio Mane, freaking uh, Leroy Sane, Sane and Mane, I always get the, I know they look different, I get the names confused when I say it, so, uh, Sane, and uh, also um, Raheem Sterling, they have a great attacking trio, and they were able to take the title two years in a row, I think they have four now, like the last nine years, eight years, something like that. 
So City's definitely put their their spot on the map in terms of uh, the the Premier League record books and all that stuff. So not many teams have gone back to back. So we'll, we'll give them a shout out, even though mm, uh, I would consider myself at the moment probably a Liverpool supporter. Just love the way they play. Also, shout out to Rule Jimenez. He had a good season this year with the Wolves. Um, since always got to root for the Mexicans, right? Always got to. But man. That the EPL ended up being a pretty damn exciting season if you think about um, the totality of the race because there was times where it looked like City was dominating. There was times where it looks like they might slip up and bottle it. Um, there was times where Liverpool really looked like they were in the driver's seat and other times where it looked like they might have been done and came back. Um, there was times where Tottenham looked like they were going to compete there and they ended up uh, falling back due to some injuries later in the year. Son wasn't healthy for long stretches. Harry Kane missed uh, a big chunk of the end of the, the year. So that was, um, you know, very uh, pretty exciting to watch down the stretch. Uh, but not quite as exciting as the way for Champions League, which coincidentally enough is including an all-English final. So it's going to be those two teams I mentioned earlier, Liverpool and Tottenham, are going to be playing each other. Uh, June seventh, there. Um, where are they? Where's where's this UCL uh, final? Finals twenty nineteen. It is going to be played uh, in Madrid. So yeah, that's where they're playing. I think an Atletico Stadium, a new stadium. Oof, oof, boy, that's gonna be crazy. The way they got there was in fucking insane man so it was uh let me see here uh let's look at all the so we'll go over the legs because it was ix tottenham and then barcelona liverpool so first leg ended up being we'll go with the tottenham ix one so it was one nil ix after uh the first leg second leg comes tottenham ends up winning three to two but they win because of the away goals because tottenham score won the match um, away from, uh, what is the new Tottenham Stadium? What's the new? It's not White Hart Lane anymore. It's their new, uh, the new stadium that was freaking open in the middle of the year. They kept having delay after delay after delay, but they finally got it right. Uh, but yeah, crazy as hell. Lucas Moda scored like two goals down the stretch that was freaking ridiculous, man. They were pressing like crazy. Ajax was like the the underdog squad that you thought might have a chance to go through the team that was punching above their weight and yeah they weren't able to to get it done man freaking Tottenham just pulled it up out of nowhere and then probably even more surprising was the set, the other leg Barcelona three nil and the Cap Nou three nil and probably it could have been five nil after that first leg there was a couple gimme chances that they ended up missing that. Uh, you know, when you're looking, thinking at it, thinking about it, you're like, ah, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Three nothing. Barcelona is like one of the best teams. They've got the tradition. They got the powerhouse. They got the coaching. They got, they got the trainers. They got everything, man. They got Messi. They got it all. You'd, you'd figure, you'd figure it was. But Liverpool was like, fuck that noise. We're coming in. We're doing our shit anyway. So they came in. I want to say two goals from Gigi Wijnaldum, two goals from uh, Jivak Origi. They didn't even have Salah. They didn't have Firmino in the match. And it didn't even matter, man. Uh, it was freaking insane. They only had one goal through the first half. So they still needed to score three more goals to, to take a, 
um, a 4-3 aggregate lead. They scored one right after halftime, and then they were able to put one away. Like, I want to say it was like 70-minute mark, 75-minute mark. So it gave them time to, to, to get that final one in. And the final one was so fucking crazy, man. They took a quick corner, Alexander Trent Arnold, ran up on it, sent it into the box, and then uh, Origi one time did it into the, the short corner. Caught them slipping. It looked like they were going to set up a, you know, a set piece and all that. So Alexander Arnold kind of like walks away from the, the corner, turns around, sprints to the ball, sends it in. And then Origi just taps it in, and it was it was crazy. It's like, oh, oh, they're short. Oh, oh, it's a goal! What the hell? It was it was like all happened in like ten seconds. It was it was insane. And yeah, man, Liverpool knocked out Barcelona. So Those two ridiculous comebacks in the the uh, the semifinal. And so we're waiting around. We got another what five days until like next Saturday, pretty much. We got another six days until we get to. Uh, uh, to play the final in Madrid, uh, two European teams also in the the Europa League. We ended up getting Arsenal Chelsea matchup, so an all all London affair. So four um, four English teams in the, the European two European competitions. So that's the uh, first time that's ever happened. It was pretty damn crazy. But yeah, a lot of exciting stuff in the world of football. We're gonna have to talk about the final. We'll bring Alan on so we can uh, get some Liverpool love and all that stuff. And uh, really get deep, deep into it. And we'll just go fucking deep on this episode, man, because we got a ton of shit to talk about. So we'll move on and we'll start getting into like the the, the newsy shit right here. So uh, we'll begin in the world of comedy. Uh, comedian Ahmed Ahmed was arrested for telling a joke. Um, yeah, not too too long ago. Let me see here. Let's see exactly where he was. Ahmed, Ahmed. Boom. Let's see. Oh, he was an Iron Man? I didn't know he was an Iron Man. Oh, he was one of the fucking... Oh. All right, we'll listen to the... I want to listen to the clip because I don't want to um, uh, say it out of context. Clap if you're from the Middle East. Okay. So that was the joke that he said. Was the 911 call? His name is Ahmed Ahmed. And he's, um. Alright, that, that's enough. So, yeah, that was basically the joke. Some dude got pissed off about it. And, yeah, I think it was kind of, uh. I think it's kind of, kind of crazy, man. People can't. don't People don't understand the context of what people are saying. Like, you got to understand who the hell Ahmad Ahmed is. He's an Egyptian-American comedian who's, like, been known to be a little bit on, like, the, I guess some people say controversial side, but he's just, he's just pushing the envelope, and that's where the comedy is kind of, kind of created there, man. And so, like, 
man, I feel I feel bad for him. Cause, uh, yeah, man. I mean, that's that's like a crazy overreaction. Cause I've, from what I've heard from other comedians, is that he does routinely does this joke all over the country, and like this is the first time he's gotten that reaction. But it was like from a dude in Florida, and of course it was like a white dude who got offended, and not a fucking Middle Easterner. Um, I mean, come on, you gotta be able to poke fun at yourself, right? I mean, these are the stereotypes that don't come from Middle Easterners themselves. They come from, from like, other other places. And I'll say it. It's just mostly the, um, the you know, white media and stuff like that. Traditionally, if you look at, like, the um, representation of uh, some of the Middle Easterners in uh, the American public conscious or even just the, the Western world, how we look at people from there. That's our immediate, like, uh, reaction and, and inclination is to think of them as... Uh, being a potential terrorist threat, which, you know, by and large, they're there. They they do exist, but it's a very, very small percentage of people, man. Like, uh, domestic terrorist threats out of everyone, they're, you know, very minuscule compared to some other people who are uh, a little bit more open and free with uh, how they spread their hate and their views. So, I mean, that's just my two cents on that one, man, because it's like... Nothing ended up happening. The guy, the the, the the police officers that eventually came, they saw what happened, and they're just kind of like, you know, f- kind of figured it out from there. But uh, yeah, it's just it's over the fucking top, man. Just freaking stupid, freaking crazy. Everyone's trying to police too much of uh, of language, which is getting it's getting a little crazy from here and there. Everyone wants to be goddamn offended, and just uh, every little thing. It's, it's every little thing. So. Uh, all right, let's get into some more tricky subjects here. All right, I guess we're in the the, the topic of comedians. Uh, Ukraine elected a comedian to be their president, which is freaking ridiculous if you think about it, just that headline. Uh, let's see. Ukraine president. Let's see. Volodymyr Zelensky. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he played the president on the TV, and now he's actually the real thing, which is crazy. Yeah, he's, he was a TV comic, and he was a guy who used to have, like, a show that would go against, like, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, different politicos, uh, yeah, and looks like he wanted in the Russia conflict, and he's, like, somebody who's been a little bit independent and just kind of comes out of, outside of the, the political realm. Voldemir Zelensky, so I guess good luck to him, man. Um, says he's dissolving parliament, so I don't know what that necessarily means. Calls a snap election? Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Let's read up here. Let's see. Alright, so read an article on this. and So it looks like he's dissolving parliament because he feels that it's been overly corrupted uh by the last uh uh political party that was in office which which makes sense that uh that, make, that makes sense there but 
He's really stepped up effort to go to end the conflict with Russia, kind of take back their autonomy and not be bullied around. So be interested to see what the hell Putin's response might be to this guy if he actually gets some traction. Uh, so he wants to dissolve parliament and have re-elections to, uh, yeah, basically clean house and kind of get more power towards his like agendas, which which makes sense. It's fucking crazy, though. He's a former comedian. Dude who played, like, a um, president on TV. So this is, like, I guess this is a bad example. I was going to say, like, House of Cards. <laughs> yeah, we don't want no uh, no pedophile in the president presidential office. Um, yeah, about that. Um, any hoots. Good luck to him. Good luck to Zelensky, and hope everything turns out good for the Ukrainian citizens there. All right, we'll get into some. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Mueller report was released, redacted, but I really haven't read into it, so I ain't gonna talk about that shit. Um. All right, we'll talk about. Uh, oh, I gotta mention this. There was a there was a death at Desert Hearts Music Festival. Unfortunately, a good friend will start mentioned it to me. So I want to say condolences to everybody there. Regardless of what happens, man, you gotta protect yourself from from overdoing it and from the elements, man. Gotta always stay hydrated. Always, uh, you know, be comfortable in your surroundings. If things aren't right, you can speak up. That's why people are there for, to help you out may not seem like so, and paranoia sets in depending on what frame of mind and state you're in at the time, but yeah, if you ever at a music festival, do not hesitate for, for help from, from other people, from, um, there's a staff there hired for that reason, so I know there's, there's a lot of like questions in terms of um, are you in the right for doing certain things and making certain actions or having possession of certain things on you, but I know the medical staff. Everything that I've I've read and been told is their their job is not to, um, you know, uphold laws and regulations. Their job is to just straight up help you, physical health of everything. So, uh, a little bit of dire news, but definitely had to, something I definitely had to make a mention of due to the fact that you know I do like attending these festivals and and what have you. Um, the good news is EDC reported no fatalities this year for the. F- Second or third year in a row, um, which considering the scenario there in Vegas, the the heat and everything, and being in the desert and everything being real expensive and all that stuff too, it's it's good news to hear there. But I guess we'll move on and uh, kind of transition to a little bit of uh, I guess news within the um, the substances world. There was a uh, Joe Biden has announced his uh, candidacy for president, uh, and he's been making a big push. And his numbers in the polls have actually been pretty promising for his uh, his campaign. Uh, but there's been a lot of uh, criticism in terms of his actual political stances and what he's actually, you know, promoted and and pushed in the past. Because uh, Biden was one of the bigger proponents of the. Uh, you know, tough on crime bills that sprang up in the late 80s all the way into like the mid 90s and mandatory minimum sentencing. And he he was like one of the politicians who made the the legislation really tough on the uh, people who were dealing crack cocaine as opposed to powder cocaine and uh, the differences, you know, within that and, uh, you know, the racial different disparities that happened and 
how uh, a lot of black and brown people were ended up throwing it up in jail for for mandatory minimums, a lot of three strike laws and what have you. So, um, yeah, and just uh, a lot of people haven't forgotten that. And um, even as far as like his uh, stance on like legalization of uh, like marijuana, for one instance, I know he was uh, you know extremely opposed to it. Even when he was in the Obama uh, administration, I think in 2010, he still had some quotes as to saying he still believed it was a gateway drug, and he he wasn't uh, you know you know coming off it. He was uh, sticking through his guns and you know moving forward with you know being anti for it, but uh, or anti decriminalization, anti legislation, which uh, he's since made an about face. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's changed his stance there. He's become a lot more pro-legalization. He's he's uh, a, a proposed leaving it up to each individual state and also for rescheduling the drug from Schedule 1 to Schedule 2, which on the surface of the things is like, you know, positive for, uh, I guess, legalization efforts in this country. Um, I think one of the things that I was actually reading today that was pretty interesting had to deal with uh, the fact that if you do move it from Schedule 1 to Schedule 2, that means it's under the guidance of now the, the Federal Drug and, uh, and Food Administration. Uh, uh, what is it? Food and Drug Administration, I should say, FDA. Um, so under when it's under FDA regulations, that means that they could uh, place different standards and practices that uh, might not necessarily be kept uh, between different municipalities and different states within the country. Uh, it might require some more stringent testing that could be expensive uh, for a lot of companies could you know drive potentially drive some out of business it could mean um you know certain standardization in terms of uh the different products that are offered which uh might not be best for the consumers per se like if they're able to if they have to cap like a percentage of like uh um you know thc to cbd ratios or things of that nature um you know, it doesn't allow for, I guess, freedom for, like, the uh, consumers and what they are able to get and what have you. So that was one thing that was interesting that I hadn't really thought of uh, when he had made his comments in, recently in the last few weeks. Um, but, yeah, he's also has uh, been very sharp against uh, immigration as well, too. Um, he had a, um, a bit of an about-face with uh, this whole... Uh, border wall funding with the the Trump administration this time around because in the past he was really receptive to um, you know kicking people out deporting people and uh, building a physical wall like he legitimately said it in front of Congress that he was you know a supporter of that and I think it was that in the 90s when the 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 video surfaced of him uh, you know being a big proponent of that I think he had pushed a few bills as well uh, to get more funding on that, uh, those efforts. So, it's uh, his uh, questions recently have, or his answers recently have definitely shifted to being a lot more lighter on the in those regards and more receptive to the the messaging that America is in a wel- welcoming place and that uh, we should offer bridges instead of walls to people. So, yeah, it's very interesting to see how the politics get people to feel, uh, shift around and move depending on how the what uh, the perception is and how the people kind of look at things uh you know from certain certain point of views so interesting to see for sure let's see i guess somewhat along that those lines uh, i was reading an article about a week and a half ago about 
um, the use of uh, foreign language or being comfortable hearing a foreign language. They did. They took a poll and they found that nearly half of white Republicans were bothered by f- hearing foreign speakers in public. So I was like the largest uh, designation of people who had this issue. Um, yeah, and that just kind of goes to show you just kind of the messaging and the uh, symbolism that certain people have when uh, you feel like you're in a certain... Uh, I guess headspace there. I don't know, like your uh, realm of influence, because uh, a lot of people, a lot of I think white conservatives in America are always is taught that, um, you know, America good, foreign bad, which is like a, a dichotomy that's not always helpful to kind of view the world in. Um, so, like when you hear people who are speaking a foreign language uh, other than English. Um, yeah, I think they just there's a lot of people that get, you know, closed off and they get nervous and they get uh um they start complaining as opposed to being maybe curious or like not necessarily open but just understanding like look, like not every we're all different and language is all it's like a, it's a construct. It's something that we've created within our like through history uh within ourselves and language changes and you know the language the dominant language of the time is just is based off of a ton of different factors that we that are outside of our control it's like uh big societal factors and, and what have you so like to fault somebody for not speaking your language is a little bit rough because you don't know what the hell their background was and, and whatnot and uh just because somebody doesn't speak english doesn't mean they're like less educated or uh um or a bad person per se but a lot of times people, you know, put these qualifiers and they make the assumptions in their head of, uh, you know, someone speaking Spanish that they're they're evil or something like that. Or, you know, someone speaking Asian or speaking an English language like Japanese or Chinese, then they're not to be trusted. It's like it's like or if you see or hear somebody speaking Arabic, then it's like, you know, better get, uh, um, you know, the bomb squad on on you know, freaking speed dial. It's like, you can't think in those terms, man. But, um, a lot of the propaganda and stuff like that, that has happened through different generations. It's just, it's just, uh, provided a lot of negative stereotypes for a lot of foreigners, um, when they come to here in, to the United States. So it's, uh, that's, that's unfortunate. And, uh, you know, I think the best way to kind of, you know, break that tension and break that mold is to, to highlight the the similarities as opposed to the differences just because i think i've talked about this before if you break down everything individual characteristic of every single type of group and entity we have more in common far greater than we do uh we have differences but because of human nature and, and what have you we always focus in and we dwell on the differences as opposed to the similarities so yeah it's uh it's a it's a hard thing to kind of concept to grasp and to pill to swallow, but I mean, ultimately, if you look at it, it's like we all have we all have you know similar desires, similar passions. Ultimately, um, we have you know similar ideas and concepts in terms of what uh, what is good and right and what is uh, bad and wrong. So, yeah, I think people just need to to calm down, and it's. Uh, I, I don't know, it's kind of like a unique thing to America in a certain sense, but in the other senses it's not, because 
I don't know. I, of course, like if you're in a European country and you hear certain languages being spoken, you're going to feel certain ways because there's history behind the relationships between different nations and different peoples. But at the same time, I think in certain respects that the, I don't know, maybe the assumptions aren't there. or Maybe I'm just naive because I haven't traveled as much into other places. Um, but yeah, I'd... Like, I know different dialects get different perceptions depending on where you're at. If somebody would come, if you're living in New York City and a dude comes with a southern accent, like, people are going to think he's an idiot. But if you're in the south and you have a freaking New Jersey accent or a New York City accent, then they're going to think you're some kind of bozo or wise guy. So, I mean, it's it's weird. It's weird, man. It's like every every everybody's got their own self set of, like, prejudices and it's we got to do a better job of just kind of like being able to see through that and see what is what is real and what's like some bullshit pretty much um yeah i guess along the what is real tip here um yeah i guess since we're talking about the south might as well get into this one here but uh all right yeah i guess uh as we're saying Talking about the South, man, we might as well get into this big uh, topic that's been sprung up the last few weeks, but uh, I think you want to say the state of Georgia and the state of Alabama have uh, passed laws against um, uh, the promotion of uh, abortion clinics and giving access to um, having abortions and for women to have that uh, that choice on their hands has been... Uh, limited in a number of uh, states in the south and a lot of people on the pro-choice side of the argument have been up in arms in uh, the last few weeks regarding the the legislation passing Uh, people on the pro-choice or the pro-life side of the argument have uh, been you know rejoicing for that and the laws are pretty damn tough on that end uh, from what I've been reading, it looks like some stuff got passed. I think Georgia is the one that was going to have the most effect in. Um, but basically, it's going to make sure that... I cannot remember the specific time frame, but after a certain amount of weeks, if you do get an abortion or if you're a doctor that provides that abortion, you can go to jail. Um, and, yeah, it looks like the, the penalties are going to be pretty stiff. So it's going to push a lot of doctors into not performing this, those uh, those uh, you know elective surgeries. And it's going to force a lot of individuals to either go into some backwater channels to try to get some not legit ones. Or it's, uh, yeah, going to force them to go and some travel to, you know, neighboring states that might actually have more lenient uh, laws for, for that. What I was reading is it's really going to affect the people who are, uh, you know, poor, lower class. Because people who are upper class are going to find a way to, to get what they want um, one way or the other. But people in the lower class, they might be stuck with, you know, no option. And yeah, this is a very, very, very touchy subject because it, it touches on a lot of different things. It touches on morality, it touches on religion, it touches on, you know, um, where we're at with the, in terms of the human race, in terms of population control and or economic uh, effects for, um, you know, being able to have access to contraceptions and it's like the health of a woman's body. There's a lot of different issues that could involved here. And it's, it's so much so that we, we can't really even get into dive into everything at the moment, but just know, I guess to kind of put it on wax on my, and in, in my, uh, my perspective, 
it's not my choice to make. Ultimately, I am not the one that has to bear the um, the brunt of that, um, you know, childbirth. That's the female, um, you know, based off of civil uh, biology, man. That's just that's just how it is. So I can't be the main person making that decision. I can't make my perspective said. However, that in my opinion. At all costs, try to avoid having that uh, abortion. Um, if there are other suitable options available, in my opinion, that would be my preference. However, if if I was ever in that position and some had a partner, um, you know, I can't, in my good conscience, force them to make that choice. There, I, I'll let them know how I feel because it's, uh, you know, every situation is completely, completely different because every individual is different there, but. Um, so you got to take it on a case by case basis as to what the scenarios are. And it's sad too, because a lot of these people who opt for these abortions are not, uh, are people are victims themselves too. So you're almost like, uh, penalizing victims in certain aspects. Like for instance, if somebody has like, uh, been the product of, uh, um, you know, got pregnant via, um, a rape of certain, uh, uh, certain kind, then that's just, uh, um, a lot more receptive and open to helping that that uh, that particular woman if they if they do want to carry that out as long as it's in a safe and ethical manner, which is controversial in and of itself too, because there's um, people who argue uh, in terms of you know when is too late down the line and and all this stuff. It's just it's the trickiest of uh, of subjects, I would say. Um, uh, you know to deal with, and there's a lot of emotion and people get heated and. I mean, you know, you know, fairly, you know, rightly so on both sides of the argument. You know, a lot of women they haven't had the the opportunities to to be independent and make choices for themselves and control their own bodies. Um, so that has kind of that legislation has been kind of taken away from them, and they've they've you know fought for the rights in the decades in the past, and they've had successes, and they've also had some defeats in that in those regards. But uh, yeah, it's uh, there's also like the the whole argument about, you know, what is life and what isn't, and when's the, the breaking point, and when is it, you know, ethical, and when it isn't, I mean, there's some people who will say that, yeah, man, you, you guys want to be pro-life all the way up until when the life is born, then you guys just say, screw it, you're on your own, so, there's that whole argument where if you're going to be pro-life, you know, in conception, you got to be pro-life after the birth as well, too, which, you know, kind of goes towards the whole liberal conservative dichotomy in American politics where you kind of, um, you get a lot of people who are, tend to be conservative, they will be pro-life and that they want the baby to be born, but after, oftentimes after the baby is born, like a lot of the same people are also um, uh, anti against like uh, government subsidies and programs to help certain individuals, um, so you know, on the flip side, people have argued that it's like, oh, you conservatives, you guys are just, you get, you're hypocritical in that aspect of it, too. Um, but I guess you can kind of flip the argument on the other side. So if you say you're pro, um, pro-choice and you want all the, um, you know, I guess, options available for you, then um, you got to have to be, um, I guess, pro-choice after after the birth as well, too. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that one. I know the the arguments against the conservatives and all that stuff too, and I know they have their their ammunition as well. Basically, the biggest thing being that you're just you know you're basically committing murder um, against a, a child um, against their free will. 
so yeah it gets it gets very tricky when you get into the biology of things and you know um how many weeks is too late and i think at this point i'm kind of talking in circles so we might as well move on to the next next topic but it's it's definitely something that it's just i've uh i think very important moving forward in terms of the uh i guess the health of our country and and you know exactly where we're at there has been a lot of stupid remarks on both sides though uh, Alyssa Milano suggesting that there be a um, a no sex ban basically for people who um, are proponents of pro choice. Um, that would be kind of dumb, just because if you are a boyfriend or a husband to somebody who is pro choice, most often you're going to be receptive to what that person says, regardless. So. Um, more often than not you're kind of be kind of on the same side so you're also just hurting people who are kind of want to be your allies so it's like you're fighting the head that feeds you a little bit uh and also if you're like in another state how the hell is that gonna affect somebody who's in one of these southern states you know what i'm saying so like that i don't think necessarily is the smartest logical choice to make and it's like shit, you're just going to make fucking men hate y'all even more, and then we're just going to double down on uh, whatever the fuck you guys don't like. So it's like, you know, you want to be cool, and we can, you know, be friendly, and I can help you, you can help me, or are we going to be adversarial and just, like, be, you know, shut shit down just based off of, like, you know, black and white shit? Like, I think we can just go for plan A versus plan B there. I think it'll be better. So I don't know how that is or what that's going to look like, but in theory, that's what I would say. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that a uh, no sex ban is uh, necessarily the smartest thought out idea right there. Oh, and I guess uh, one more thing before we get off this topic. Definitely check out Anthony Jeselnik's most recent stand up on Netflix called uh, Fire in the Maternity Ward. Um, if you think you can't get away with abortion jokes, just listen to that thing because it's freaking ridiculous <laughs> and hilarious at the same time. Um, so yeah, Jesselneck, that fool is freaking ruthless and yeah, I stuck to that. <laughs> that fool was crazy. Um, but yeah, not to make light of any subject though, but yeah, I would say definitely check that out and then close your mouth and go, oh my God, I can't believe you said that <laughs> shit. Because, yeah, that's what's going on. All right. Uh, we'll move on. This was an interesting article that was read. I look like Walmart is going to start implementing the use of some more robots instead of workers that is going to be, you know, working with between the aisles. They're going to be, you know, stocking shelves and, you know, doing things of that nature. Simple, simple menial tasks. But also these robots are also going to be uh, programmed with facial recognition technology. That's uh, studying a lot of things between the consumers. So this shit is getting freaking crazy. Now we're getting a little breach of privacy because it's, from the article I was reading, it said that they're going to be uh, able to uh, study the sex, mood, and buying habits of shoppers as they go through the stores, man. It seems kind of crazy, but it seems it's already shit that's already been being you know companies are doing online kind of on the background without us kind of being aware of it you kind of see those targeted ads that you get on instagram or facebook or whatever and it's just like damn i was just talking about this 
and now it's I'm getting ads for it. Like, uh, I think uh, somebody in my family, I think my brother had like a gift card to J Crew or you know some other you know clothing store. I didn't even search for it. I didn't even mention it, but literally the same day, I think earlier today or yesterday, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw some ad J Crew ads that popped up. It's kind of eerie, man. And so, like, they're able to get so much data, so much information. And I understand I'm putting this in, this audio out, you know, to the public right now. But the fact that it's kind of, like, in the background, you know, recording my voice and seeing what, or recording voices of whoever's talking and it's able to recognize different letters, characteristics, and, and, and retarget that information back to you is still towards to, like, you know, something that you can buy yeah, or, you know, rent, whatever it is, it's just, it's scary, man, it's like, what the hell else, what other information are you, you know, keeping me tabs on, so, shit is, uh, pretty wild nowadays, um, so yeah, I guess in, we can move on, alright, let's see what else next, um, yes, I guess, let's, let's, uh, Let's get into this one. Uh, Mecha, the um, long-standing um, group that has been a proponent for, um, you know, a lot of Mexican-American communities and groups that have uh, existed here in uh, the United States. They have were proposing a name change, actually, based off of the fact that they used the word Chicano, um, in the, uh, uh, within the description here, so, uh, it stands for, let me see here, it's a Movimento Estudiantil Chicano de Asclan, so yeah, there's a lot of, um, things to unpack kind of with the name, so alright, had to brush up a little bit on the history, just to make sure I got the information right, so basically, I guess the crux of the the argument as to why people are propo- proposing a name change for Mecha has to do with the fact of uh, you know the the words used in the uh, the title, uh, including Chicano or Chicanex, which is now how it looks now, which is like the Latinx. It's just the X symbol above where the O or the A would be to symbolize uh, like a non-gender type or as as non-gender terms possible. Uh, and then Aslan as well, because Chicano, the term, stems from, you know, the term used to refer to, you know, Mexican-Americans in general, but the history re- around it uh, came about in the 60s. It was originally used as a term, um, like, as a put-down for, you know, lower-income, uh, poor, uh, rural brown people, rural Mexican-American folks. Uh, who had a different, uh, you know, eventually people who were like students in the 60s who came up under the, you know, uh, uh, you know, the Brown Pride movement that came through, also with the Black Power movement that came through. Um, you had the Brown Berets and the Black Panthers, you know, a couple major organizations uh, that were, you know, pro- proposing social justice changes. Uh, the term Chicano resonated with these groups and they kind of adopted it. Um, you know, as like a term of endearment after that per, after that point, um, and so um, yeah, 
I mean, the term Chicano has like that history and where it comes from. It was they rejected the term Mexican American for the longest because there's a lot of ties with that and kind of being you know co-opting uh, like white American culture and trying to um, kind of you know follow along with ways that uh, the white communities have done done things in the past, um, as opposed to kind of changing things um, systematically. Um, to be, you know, better encompassing for all groups of people. Um, so kind of working outside of like a more of a capitalistic mindset and, uh, and mind frame. Um, so there's like history and power within that word itself too, but it doesn't encompass everybody. It doesn't encompass the people who um, are non-Mexican uh, Latinos, so Latinos from Central America, from the Caribbean, from uh, South America. And there's people who have argued that it doesn't include like the the queer Latino queer community, Latino LGBTQIA uh, communities, or um, uh, yeah, pretty much those um, figure it gender fluid. Also, the use of the the, the word Aslan. Aslan is the uh, what's considered, I guess, the fictional um, homeland or. Um, for the Aztec Empire, because it was a claim that they came from somewhere in the north and eventually settled in the south uh, in what's present-day Mexico City, uh, used to be known as Tenochtitlan. Uh, so there's um, like a little bit of um, resonance there with terms of the people who identify with the Aztec heritage of the Mexican culture, but there's a lot of other Latinos and a lot of other Mexicans even who don't even... Uh, associate themselves with that kind of uh that mindset and that idea and uh, those concepts that have come out kind of out of the chicano power movement of the 60s so um those things were kind of like i guess a little bit charged there for you know the overall masses in today's society especially considering the fact that everything gets like picked apart to death um and people get you know really up in arms about you know the little small things um when you consider you know in general because uh, the Mecha movement, it it uh, it kind of co co-opted a lot of the um, Chicano studies programs uh, to kind of give a basis for people to become a part of the movement as they you know grow older and uh, eventually graduate and then you know become implemented in more greater into uh, you know the general American society. So uh, people who want to change this just want to be more inclusive and they they don't want to focus on like the negatives that happen in the history because. There's a lot of people who have uh, uh, claimed that it's, it was really uh, seeped in machismo culture, which Mexican culture just in general does in itself, I will admit. Um, so there was, um, yeah, they felt that there was, uh, mm, it, it skewed too much on that kind of end of the spectrum. And it didn't allow for, you know, women to kind of, the you know, Mexican-American women to kind of be self-independent. Um and you know take real prominent roles within the movement uh, as much as they would like uh, a lot of different chapters didn't uh, agree with that so there's a there's a checkered history in the past overall the um the the sentiments i think were felt by, by all so i understand the 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 need to do this or the want to do this um however for a lot of people who are like the ogs in the the of mecha or the chicano movement they 
they kind of feel that you're kind of like erasing the past and giving up on on what people have fought for for so long. So it's kind of feels like it's uh, limiting kind of their contributions and and what has happened prior. Um, so it's a uh, it's it gets, gets a bit controversial. I mean, there's like kind of a generation gap, I would say, in the perspective there. Um, but yeah, I mean, things have been criticized for good or bad in the past, and this. You know, you're never gonna make 100. You're never gonna make 100 of the people happy all the time. So, uh, there's a point to be made by sticking to your guns. But I mean, as long as it's not out of ignorance, and I think for the most part, the the movement has tried to be more encompassing, even if maybe the the title of it might not be as uh, upfront uh, about you know some of the changes that I have made. So, so because the the values have changed, some people feel like the name should change as well. So I'm necess- not necessarily someone who's uh, got an opinion one way or the other on the matter. I just find it very interesting because it does involve like people who are um, involved in similar, um, you know, cultural norms and things that I'm kind of used to as well too. So I find that very very interesting there. So I guess kind of tying into the whole. Um, I guess Latinos thing right now. I know um, our pinchy payaso president Donaldo Tompa. Um, he's uh, yeah, man. He's gotten a lot of news and notoriety from the past for having really charged rallies and you know speeches that he has in front of his large constituents. Um, I read an article saying that a lot of the Trump rallies have led to rises in hate crimes in the areas of where speech has taken place. Um, if you compare the statistics to uh, data, uh, even as close as to the year prior. So it seems like there's a correlation there, or maybe a causation. I guess I'm not the one to make that determination, but the correlation is wherever Trump has rallies, there there's a rising crime following the rallies. So seems like he's emboldening people to kind of act out on some of their um, previous maybe preconceived notions or perceptions about certain people. So it's uh, it's not good. It's, it's, uh, it's led to a rise in a lot of hate crimes. The white nationalist movements have definitely been spearheaded, I would say, by this. Um, and they're kind of, uh, you know... They were hiding, lurking in the shadows, and now people have been given a little bit of an okay to kind of, you know, move forward with kind of what they what they believe. And if you look back on like the history recently for the people who have acted violently, like the repr- the how they've been reprimanded hasn't necessarily been, uh, in my opinion, enough to kind of, you know, force people to kind of reconsider maybe their actions and their thoughts. Um, so yeah, man, it doesn't seem like the law gets applied one hundred percent of the time you know, fairly to everyone, which is, I guess, life, but also just what does that say about a sort of society and who are these people who are not necessarily, um, or makes it much more difficult for them to, uh, um, receive some form of punishment, uh, for the actions that they may have committed. So, um, I know the U S legal system is, is quirky. It's wonky. It's fucked up in a lot of ways. Um, but, 
in theory, you know, we have these concepts in place to make sure everyone, everything is as fair as possible. I mean, the history of this country would suggest maybe otherwise, but in theory, in principle, that's where we want to be and that's where we want to get to. So, if, uh, yeah, I mean, we got to make sure and try to nip this shit in the bud, man. And honestly, I don't know what the solution is besides from making sure that Trumpito doesn't get in, uh, into the Oval Office for another four years. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot to lot to consider, a lot to take in. And uh, yeah, ultimately I don't know what what might happen there cuz you know, when somebody is your your enemy for the longest time, the most well, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to, to convert that enemy into a friend. So um yeah, it feels like we need some kind of outside exterior threat to kind of get that together cuz it's traditionally what is Happen with the uh, large um, nations, large empires. It's like um, when there's like you know time of you know relative peace and prosperity, it always becomes uh, some sort of infighting that uh, tends to happen that breaks it up. But if there's a, a common opponent or enemy, there's still a, a common goal, a common cause that people tend to rally together for. So whatever that might be in the future, I do not know. I just hope it's not. Uh, Something that is uh, negative on society overall. Uh, like uh, like another world war or something like that. That would be fucking nuts. But yeah, we got to get this uh, this violence down, man. We're hurting ourselves. It just doesn't help anybody, man. And it's, it's hard for people to recognize that... Uh, I mean, ideally things would uh, be working more smoothly so that things didn't get escalated to this point. But, you know, here we are. Here we fucking are. I mean, everybody's gets screwed. No one has a perfect life. And, you know, things are bad all the time. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have to dwell on those things. And it doesn't mean you can't work to make those things change and to be better. So, um, yeah, there's, uh, I guess, my two cents on the subject. All right, speaking of hate crimes, uh, there was a recent uh, situation where a principal and a teacher's at Palmdale Elementary School, or you know, elementary school within the, the Palm, city of Palmdale in California, they were photographed with holding a noose. Now, let me find some information. Let's see, Palmdale teacher noose. Let's do that Google search. Man, if the freaking, uh, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, NSA, if they're not already having me on some type of list or some spot, spy watch, man, I don't know if they're doing their job because I have some fucking out there Google searches. Um, let's see. Noose. Boom. Four Palmdale, California elementary school teachers suspended after photos released holding a noose. Damn. The principal took the photo and sent it to his entire staff. Oh. Oh, boy. Let's see here. Yeah, so I'm seeing this picture of these teachers. And so apparently the story goes they found it in like uh, um, in a storage closet, I guess, storage room. And the principal took the picture, the photo, sent it to the staff, and then eventually got copied and sent out everybody. Ooh, yeah, not very, very good. Not, not very good. Yeah, I guess there's... 
rumor on here that things got even like crazier because apparently one of the the teachers is smiling in the picture is uh used to be a teacher of a child who was uh abused and eventually murdered by her his mother and her boyfriend um which is fucking crazy but it doesn't line up if you think of the timelines because apparently the mom and the boyfriend were convicted a full year prior to when this this news picture was was uh released so Everyone's placed on administrative leave, and it looks like they're doing an investigation, and it looks like, from the comments that I've read, none of these teachers are going to be uh, uh, working again for a very long time, So, or at least a part of that particular school, so we'll have to get uh, another position somewhere else, man. That's sad, and it's just like scary that like something like that could be found in somewhere so damn public as uh, a school. Um, elementary school of all places so it's just sad and we've seen a lot of uh, more swastikas more nooses and things of that nature have been have been found in all over the country and it kind of dives in to like the the common rhetoric that's been said out there and just how um, our own president doesn't even like uh, go against a lot of this stuff which is uh, just disappointing overall just super sad man super super sad all right and I guess we'll finish up with this right here. Um, anti-vaccination student in Kentucky who schooled the school for not being allowed to take classes on campus now has been reported to be having the chicken pox. All right, so let me give you the lowdown here. So basically this kid, this 18-year-old kid, um, a few months back, was unsuccessfully sued his uh, high school in Kentucky after they barred, they barred some unimmunized students uh, during they had like a, a an outbreak of sickness. So he was uh, opposing it on uh, the vaccine on religious grounds because apparently the original uh, vaccine for chickenpox was derived using um, matter that was sourced from two human fetuses that were... Um, um, you know, I guess elected, uh, they were aborted in the ni- late 1960s. So past that, no new, no human cells have been used since then to produce the vaccines. However, you know, I guess he's basing this on his like Catholic religion, which is a little bit out there. This is, I guess, new information for me about this whole, uh, uproar and all this stuff. But basically he was putting a lot of people at risk there. School basically banned him from playing basketball until he was, uh, you know, immunized. Um, But, yeah, this dude eventually ended up contracting chicken pox. And I read a quote somewhere where saying that, you know, like, oh, this is like uh, God's will that, you know, we get the sickness or whatever. And I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. It's 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 so fucking stupid. Like I, I've kind of gone on this rant before, man. But fucking anti-vaxxers are so goddamn dumb, man. I'm like highly sensitive to this shit because, like, I think I've I've told some friends of mine. I don't know if I've said it here on this show, but it's like, dude, I'm like descendant of people who live in like tribes in Mexico who have been literally been wiped in half or like wiped out damn near completely based off of you know freaking illnesses and sicknesses that came from the freaking Spanish Europeans who came across um to the America so it's like um screw you and the horse you came in on because my fucking family 
literally got screwed by the horses, by <laughs> uh, people and the horses that they came in on and shit like that. So it's fucking dumb, man. People are so goddamn stupid, and it's just uh, it's just unfortunate, man. It's like people can't see the forest from the cheese with the forest from the trees, forest from the cheese. Oh, uh, man, they can't see the differences between all this stuff, man, and it's just, uh, it's sad, it's really sad, man, and I don't even know what the fuck to say on the matter at this point that hasn't already been said, but, man, get your goddamn fucking vaccines um, taken care of, man, do your research into them, like, legit research, don't, don't do no Facebook searching, like, actual, get, try to look at peer-reviewed papers, if you really want to get into the weeds, which most people don't want to fucking do that. They want the cliff notes version of stuff. And then that's how people get mispersuaded. Uh, um, I guess people don't, people feel, I don't know, when people feel, read academic papers who aren't used to reading it, they feel fucking like an idiot because they don't know the vocabulary. But they just like fluff up that shit to make themselves kind of feel more like haughty toddy and like more important about how they, uh, they're writing. They don't like putting it in simple terms because it's just, uh, they don't get credit for doing that stuff. They don't. They're not seen as being like educated and like well thought out and what have you. Which is like fucking unnecessary, man. You just like I don't know. I don't know. That's it's kind of not the 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 place for people to kind of dumb it down. It's like an academic paper. I mean, they do have uh, kind of um, the su- the summary. This, um, I forget the specific term, but they have different like, one-page, like, summaries of, like, the all the, like, the reasons why, or, like, why is this important type sections of, uh, you know, these academic papers, but it's, like, I don't know, it's fucking crazy, man, it's fucking crazy that this is a discussion nowadays, and we're having, like, all these different, like, measles outbreaks, chicken pox, and all this stuff, man, I heard the Black Plague is coming back in certain places, it's, like, what the fuck, man, like, I know, like, the, the, um, Scientologists, I know they had like a um, measles outbreak, I want to say, that uh, took place on like a cruise ship with like a shit ton of members of them, so, yeah, it's uh, it's not smart, this is not smart, man, there's a lot of like uh, sicknesses and illnesses that were already deemed as being extinct that have since come back in the last few years, so it's like, what are we doing here, what the fuck are we doing, I mean... We gotta get better. Gotta be better at shit like this, man. Like, the simple stuff. Like, people don't wanna take the time to actually sit down and, like, read the history as to why certain shit is important. Like, I don't think people understand the full ramifications for why the fuck weed legalization, or, um, not weed legalization, but, like, vaccines are very important in terms of keeping the community healthy. People don't fucking think, man. It's just, that's like, it's the simplest thing. It's just people don't fucking think. It's just, I don't fucking know, man. I don't know where we go from here. I guess where I go from here is I will be putting these damn, like, five or six different sections of uh, this podcast all together and make it one, uh, you know, flowing episode, but... Before then, I just want to remind everybody uh, who hasn't, you know, had the chance to go ahead and follow your boy, man, on IG and on Twitter at Puro Caballero. It's in the title, but it's P-U-R-O-C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O. 
for you gringos uh puro caballero on all the socials we have the instagram the puro caballero show i'm gonna get that up and running which i've said has been procrastinating i've been what's like anti-crastinating not procrastinating that's a shit um you know fucking vocab joke i guess i don't fucking know Ah, fucking A, fucking A, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy, yeah, follow along there, and, yeah, I'm gonna be trying to knock these shits out a lot more consistent, cause, I can't get, I can't get your goddamn attention for three hours, like, on a regular basis, let alone fucking five, and, Unfortunately, I did have a, a couple interviews I wanted to get while I'm over here in Stockton. Um, weren't able to get it done on this trip, so we'll see. We'll see if the homies come and pay attention. See if they they listen and they wanna, you know, spit their two cents. You know, get their thoughts off and uh, just have a productive conversation because that's what we do here on the show, man. I do whatever the fuck I like because it's my fucking show. If you don't like it, start your own shit. All right. Alrighty there. In any event, um, this shit's dope. <laughs> so follow along, man. Follow. We're on Spotify now. Uh, you can, you know, just type in the Puro Caballero Show. It'll be the first one that shows up there. SoundCloud is the home base. We are also on, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Music Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and uh, yeah, that's where you can basically follow along any of those platforms. And, uh, you know, once again, this has been episode 52 of the Puro Caballero Show. We started on Thursday, um, picked it back up on Sunday. It just crossed midnight, so it is now Monday, May the 27th. So, yeah, man, it's been uh, forever and a day to get this done, but, you know, well worth the wait, man. Um you know, we'll move forward. We'll break down the NBA Finals as uh, the games progress. Game one will be taking place next Thursday. So I'm very fucking excited about that. All right, then. We'll get you off with a little bit of 03 Greedo off of uh, his new recent album that just dropped called Still Summer in the Projects. This one is titled In the Morning. So signing off, it is your boy, Damasapan Don. Mario Caballero once again. Till next time. Peace. Yeah.
Like a kangaroo, it just ain't nowhere I can't go. My weed is sucking. 